What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come to the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. The stipulations for this Sunday's Cadet Lewis Park match are as follows. I forgot to tell you. I lie! Who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Triple H! I'm not afraid of you! Now, you know what's so fun? The fun says chicks dig it, Sprice, Sprice, oh my gosh. A Sprite, a zero sugar winter spiced cranberry. Oh, that sounds good, man. I need to get me one of those. I it, didn't know those existed. It is quite good. I think they just introduced them this year. I was like, zero sugar, let me get that. Come on, shit. They have a, um, it's like Pepsi Zero. That's like a cream soda, and it's really good. I tried that, actually, I, and I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, me and Crystal really dig it. I saw it at the QT like when I was going to uh, get a Powerball ticket, because I'm like, why not? And mm -hmm. I got it there. It was quite good. Mitchell. Which stands for Quick Trip. And uh, I knew about QT before QT Marshall. And when I saw QT Marshall, I was like, why is his name QT? That's Quick Trip. He's a QT pie. Welcome to the Ruthless Aggression Podcast, where it's our mission to determine, was this actually a bona fide era? I'm your host, Levi, joined, as always, by my other host, Big Juicy Kyle. Kyle, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Hey, guys. I am doing A-OK, -okay, ready to get through Taboo Tuesday. <laughs> but it's Sunday. It's okay. Cyber Sunday. Hush up. Hush up. And we haven't even thought about World Wide Web Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> or internet... Uh, I can't think of anything. And of course, uh, yeah, I can't think of anything. Um, and of course, as always, to my left. Ah, no way, Jake's not here. Oh gosh, oh he's he's disappeared. Uh, no, Jake will not be joining us today, unfortunately. He has a prior commitment, and uh, we miss him dearly. Yeah, but much like uh, much like Undertaker, we're going oh for today's episode. <laughs> it's two man Boone. And, is, and doesn't that work best? Mm, good old JR. It's the two-man taboo Tuesday. 
So either that's a, an omen or, you know, maybe we'll have some fun with this. Who knows? But either, either way, Jake, we miss you. We hope you enjoy this episode and we can't wait to have you back. Uh, but in the meantime, we are reviewing Taboo Tuesday. Oh, yeah. And of course, this event took place October 19th, 2004 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the Bradley Center, which is now defunct. Aww. No doubt because of a horrible Taboo Tuesday show. <laughs> There's just no way to real. <laughs> it has a capacity of 18,000. You want to guess Whoa. how many they crammed in here for Taboo Tuesday? Uh, I think I might already know. I think I might have seen it. It's in like 3,500. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> it's, I remember seeing that and I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, we crammed in uh, 3,500 for tonight's events uh, on a school night of all nights. I know. <laughs> this basically feels like a TNA pay-per-view, wouldn't you say? A <laughs> pay-per-view? Honestly, yes, for real. It's just so weird. Like, that's that's the one thing. That's my one takeaway. I mean, I might be getting a little ahead, but like, why put a pay-per-view on a Tuesday night? That's just such an awkward night. I think there are a couple of theories. Uh, I think seeing that the the weekly pay-per-view model did work for TNA is something that uh, encouraged them to try it but did it work for them well, I don't know I, I didn't I, I didn't I didn't think they really made any money until like uh, Dixie Carter's dad came and was like yeah I'll pay for some wrestling <laughs> that was my understanding too but that's just what uh, I, read yeah, I don't know <laughs> anybody could say anything yeah this this is the, this isn't the the uh, NWA TNA impact pay-per-view podcast okay <laughs> I'm sure that exists somewhere. I'm sure. In like a billion variations. In the, in the billions of seas, and they've all been given up on because they got bored. The theme song for tonight is I Want My News Now by Joseph Saba. I think I'm pronouncing that uh, correctly, which is literally stock music. I was about to say, like, there's a real song. So all I heard was like, beep, 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 beep. It's like <laughs> that's what it's it called. Was... <laughs> it's we call beep boop boop boop. It's like they were like a cyber boop, 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 like robot music. It's basically what it was. Just nah, like man. less catchy. Nah man, it was beep boop 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 boop. <laughs> beep boop 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 beep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh uh, yeah, I wasn't crazy about it. Um, but I mean, no. it's like cyber. Ooh, it's taboo. So for that reason, I thought it was okay. It fit. It fit. It's just kind of weird. Like, uh, maybe it's just the shows on a Tuesday. Like, did they anticipate this doing huge numbers? Because it doesn't know, feel like it. It doesn't feel like it. To me, it honestly feels like Vince McMahon wanted to, like, capitalize on the election. And like, ooh, we're going to vote. Isn't that crazy? And I don't remember if the election took place on a Tuesday or not. But maybe I, that I don't know. Correlates? I, I think there's like that might be. Isn't there like Super Tuesday or something? I don't know. I'm an I'm an I'm an American and I'm completely ignorant to all this. So <laughs> I claim nothing. I I never vote. I voted once in a game of Mario Party. Who should lose their star? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. You you voted on which Mountain Dew flavor you want to come back. <laughs> I think that's kind of what's going on here. Nevertheless. Our sponsor tonight is 1-800-C-A-L-L-A-T-T. It's free for you and cheap for them. Oh yeah. And of course, we've talked about 1-800-C-A-L-L-A-T-T, so I don't think there's any any business going and going down mm-hmm. that memory lane. 
Yep. If you if you don't know, it's just before cell phones, it was a way to call somebody without change. And they would foot the bill. <laughs> I'm a teenager in a boomer comic. What do you mean there's no cell phones? Where's the touchscreen on this thing? Haha, <laughs> hey kids, could you hand me the phone? Um, y yeah, is it in your pocket? Because I only use a smartphone. <laughs> uh, the tagline tonight was, You control the fate of Raw Superstars, the World Heavyweight Championship, and the course of history. To be honest, I don't. I don't really think the course of history was altered. Too great. No, not none. None whatsoever. Unless you like puppies. <laughs> Unless you want to see your puppies in a certain way. <laughs> Tonight, the WWE superstars' destinies will be influenced by the whims of someone they cannot control. Whether it's defending a championship, avenging the loss of an unborn child, or conquering another legend, their fates do not lie solely in their own hands, but in yours. Tonight, a landmark event will take place. The WWE fans will take control of one entire pay-per-view. And the decisions you make will alter the course of history and the fates of the superstars forever. The ultimate in fan participation. You will decide who deserves championship opportunities. One of these men will face Triple H. How grudges will be settled. What will be the weapon of choice. How battles will be fought. Ric Flair and Randy Orton one-on-one. -on -one. This is your time. An exciting night. An unpredictable. This is your chance. It's all about your choice, ladies and gentlemen. This is WWE Taboo, Taboo. Tuesday. Tuesday. And it begins right now. Raw and 1-800-CALL-ATT for collect calls. Present Taboo Tuesday. opening package and it's all cybery it's like you can... <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying to I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to fill in jake ain't here god dang <laughs> now what would it be like if val venus and jr argued at taboo tuesday i want to see puppies oh, come you sick pervert put your waiter away <laughs> there you go there you go i actually lost it in a sword accident oh i'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that <laughs> he just refers to everybody one-on-one -on -one as folks just generally I mean, that's what he does oh jr uh i uh i lost my big toe in a in a joke accident oh folks i'm sorry to hear that uh do you, would you like some <laughs> banana neo banana sporing God, Jim Ross is like the worst actor. That's just always funny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm on fire. Oh. Uh, make him say, oh, no, 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 no. 
To be fair, though, I'm sure he'd want to know part of that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm definitely sure. Every time he mentions, like, being a storyline, he's like, well, you know, Vince wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jim Ross just, well, I get it. He had stock. He couldn't say no. I get it. It should have ended with him giving a, he's like, uh, I'm going to give Vince the rock bottom. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> <laughs> So we get an opening package. You know, it's going to... Tonight, the decisions will be made by the fans. Whether it's defending a championship, avenging the loss of an unborn child. And I'm like, don't lump in miscarriage like that. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so, it's such bad taste. Like, good lord. Like, the other two is like, whether it's defending a championship or conquering a legend. One of these things is not like the other. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Uh, but otherwise, you know, it's an opening about us, the fans, you know. We have total control over the pay-per-view. It's pretty generic stuff. It's all cyberspace and yeah. techno. Uh, but what'd you think? What'd you think about this opening it, package? I mean, it was fine. I mean, it got the point across. A little beep-boop vote on the internet and you get to say something in the end. I don't know. This this whole voting format, it just never feels like it's a recipe for success, you know. But at least the opening is is fine. <laughs> I love the idea of it, though, man. It's like, oh, we get to pick who we want. Well, it's like on paper that sounds great, but then it, as you as you'll soon find out, folks, it doesn't turn out as such. And then they do it three more times, more or less. It's like learn, learn from your mistakes, Vince. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I gonna think, uh, down. I think in Cyber Sunday, I think 2008, mm -hmm. CM Punk is on the cover, but he. You know, he's one of the choices for the matches, and he doesn't get picked. So he ends up not being on the show at all. <laughs> so stupid. That sums up this idea so well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now, 1-800-C-A-L-L-A-T-T presents Taboo Tuesday. <laughs> Just kidding. It's beep, 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 It's beep, 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 Bitch, peanut butter, jelly, Tom Thumb. coming to you. It would make sense if it's cyber. I mean, that would have been popular at the time, I think. You know, JR with his button on all the uh, the hot takes and trends. <laughs> well, folks, as the kids say in these memes, me gusta. <laughs> Dude, I wish JR would open the, up a show like that. It's peanut butter chili time, and you know what that means? It's time for AEW Dynamite. Boom. <laughs> yeah, right. He wouldn't show that emotion. It'd be it's more like, like he just, huh, you know what that means? Uh, all they're huddling together. Huh. I hate this product anyways. Tune in next <laughs> week, folks. <laughs> to WWE Dynamite. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So anyway, we got a big juicy set. Kyle, can you describe the set mm -hmm. to our listeners? Oh yeah, it is the absolute greatest set of all time. Uh, actually, no. It is a big full screen Tron uh, with a border around it to kind of make it look like a computer. And then under it, it's weird. Like the kind of, like the entrance, like the, the curtain. There's like an arch of metal. And then there's also another arch in the middle. So it kind of dissects it in two. It's a little awkward, but whatever. But then there's like a big printout of like a keyboard which is like okay that's creative but one thing i noticed is um where the key start you know where it normally has like the qwe it just says wwe 
I missed that. That's funny. You miss that? It, it's it's weird. Like it's always like I always thought it was you know kind of cute, I guess. But in in a way, it bugged me. It's like why you got two W's? It makes, makes no sense. <laughs> it's our wordy keyboard. <laughs> We open the show with Jonathan Coachman introducing the Divas of Raw. <laughs> Get ready, fellas. Oh, yeah. He reveals the vote tally and what outfits the Divas will wear in the Fulfill Your Fantasy Battle Royal. It's schoolgirl, uh, maid, and then the first one was like a uh, basketball player or something. <laughs> <laughs> nurses, schoolgirls, and French maids. Yeah, the choices are nurses, schoolgirls, or French maids. Now, Kyle, please tell us which one you would decide back in 2004. Uh, I would have them wear, like, I, I would hope that all the votes would come out tied, so they would all have to wear, like, an amalgamation of each of them. Like, they would just be wearing too many clothes, and they'd get all hot and sweaty <laughs> and just really uncomfortable. It wouldn't be, like, erotic and all, at all, and people would just, like, start booing. Good man. I, you know what? I would pick that one, too. <laughs> D, all the above. But no, with uh, 53% of the vote, we have schoolgirls. Yay, everybody excited? <laughs> then we have... Well, I mean, uh, everybody in 2004 land is excited. They're like, yeah, I got a boner, yeah! Let's all go to wrestling and get boners together. Puppies, puppies. And sausages. What, uh, what JR, what? <laughs> Uh, I like that Sylvain Young, that, that uh, Rob Conway's got a couple buns, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Facts. Oh my god. For real? This boy was out like the whole match. It's like, jeez, dude, undo your wedgie. Anyways, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, Schoolgirls gets 53% of the vote, edging out French maids with 30%, and nurses with 17%. And, you know, it was kind of icky to see the divas paraded out like objects. I know, right? That's what I was thinking. It's like, let's bring him out just to say, hey, look at him. Gosh, this, is, this is a very women are objects pay-per-view. Just, just heads up, folks. Gosh, to the utmost degree. But what the, like, honestly, like, I'll say just to kind of, like, give you a preview. This felt like the most, like, like the most women are objects pay-per-view we have watched so far. I would definitely agree with that. Something about just seeing them like presented to the audience and like this is I what know. They wear. this is what will give you a boner. Something about <laughs> it felt just like you are owned and you are property. It's so it just feels kind of like icky, you know. And it's whatever, you know. Back when I was this was new and I was like thirteen, I was like, oh, yeah, puppies will. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm a grown man. <laughs> now I'm a grown man. <laughs> And it's just weird. I'm a grown man, and I say women's rights right now, boy. Get them off the stage. <laughs> I can be a fire-breathing dragon or a man that supports women's rights. <laughs> uh, but you know what was also egregious? What? It's that they added apostrophe S to all the options. It's possessive. Really? You morons. Yeah, it's like nurses, apostrophe S. Oh, so it's like that's the catch. It's not a nurse's outfit like an outfit a nurse would wear. It is an actual outfit that a nurse owns. So 
it's just like scrubs. It's like not sexy. Exactly. And like school teachers, like turtlenecks and uh, and uh, big long ankle skirts. So I'm schoolgirl. Cool. It's 2004, so it's it's just like hip hugging jeans Can and you just like you know if like you know let's a V-neck say, t-shirt. Let's say we never spartaned <laughs> up to like uh, objectification. Like, what if they like did this for like a men's feud? And uh, like today, and it's like, <laughs> all right, Ollie, Braun Strowman, Randy Orton, Riddle, and uh, Kofi Kingston, the fans are going to decide what kind of banana hammock you guys are going to wear for the title. <laughs> I was watching it. I was watching it with uh, with Crystal, my, my wife, for those uninformed. And yeah, I was, she was just like, this is stupid. And I was like, oh, don't worry. Later on, like the men come out and they get to they get to vote on like, are they going to be dressed as big leather bikers? <laughs> yeah. Which village person will they be dressed up? Yeah, though? for real. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we then pivot to coach saying he's dressed to wrestle if he has to. And he's literally mm. just wearing sweatpants and a cutoff shirt. <laughs> what a competitor. He then runs us one by one of all the options who will challenge Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental Championship. Shelton got the most cheers, whereas Rodney, Return of the Mac, Mac, <laughs> and Chuck Palumbo and Steven Richards got the most indifferent reactions. Aww. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure this is Chuck's first pay-per-view appearance since Vengeance 2003. What? Dang. Which is crazy to think about. I just remember the FBI being more prominent, but I guess it was like mm-hmm. just on velocity and stuff. That you know, I think that's what I was thinking too. As a kid, I remember seeing them a lot, but I think it's just because um, <laughs> whenever I'd be at my dad's, like my stepmom would just put it on like velocity or whatever on Sundays, and I'd be like, "Oh, cool wrestling! This is just the same as any other night, right?" You know? Exactly. <laughs> so I oh, guess man. they dominated velocity, but not so much actual SmackDown. I feel bad too because like there's. <laughs> It was comical. It's like, do you want uh, the, this guy, this one? And then it's like seven dudes later. I'm like, are they done yet? Jeez. <laughs> they literally go through like the rest of the roster. And I feel bad because they only show like four of the ones that are voted on the more, most. And then they just lump all the, like the others. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of that, Shelton Benjamin wins the vote and he gets 37% of the vote. Uh, mm-hmm. Batista gets the next amount, which is 20%. And the coach got 7%, making him the third most voted for. Yeah, it's so sad. Which means he edges out the likes of Christian, Rhino, and William Regal. How pathetic that is that? That is ridiculous. And Christian on Raw every week was one of the contenders for the, the IC title. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to challenge you for that belt, Chris. Don't you worry. Mm. And he's like, not even <laughs> like <laughs> final so three. I know, and I saw like Christian. I was like, "Oh, hey, Christian, is he going to be part of this? Like, some kind of angle tonight? That's cool to see him." Nope. <laughs> and so, the person who got the least amount of votes. Are you ready for this? Hmm. Wait, can I guess? Yes. Uh, Tyson Tomko. No. Ah. Unfortunately, it was our boy, Return of the Mac. <laughs> oh, Rodney Mac. No. He got zero point fifty eight percent of the vote. <laughs> That's sad. Very sad. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, and I do believe this is a, this is his last appearance. Matter of fact, I think they just took who was the least voted on and just was like, bah. <laughs> That's that'd be so awful <laughs> if it was like, yeah, we'll have the fans vote on who who's the coolest. But it turns out like 
all those people are actually wrestlers in the chopping block except for like the top four. It's <laughs> awful. I think that's what we got here. But nevertheless, let's get started with the first match. is a big juicy as Shelton Benjamin takes on Chris Jericho for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. Shelton Benjamin returned recently to Raw from injury. Uh, he'd returned the night after Unforgiven. Mm -hmm. So like Big Show, he had vignettes saying he's returning soon, but they returned him earlier than announced. So I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Did he just like heal like super fast, like Cena or something? I don't know. I I think it was just like a, uh, like a, what's the word? Like a like a tactic used to pop the crowd. I'm like, oh, he's back uh, earlier than they said. Like he'll get like a sprained ankle, then he'll be like, he tore his meniscus. He'll be out for four years. Yeah, I mean, Shelton had been out for gosh since like backlash, so he's been out for several Ooh. months. Ooh, so, oh. Yeah, it kept him out to the night after Unforgiven, and the vignettes is like, coming soon, Mr. Benjamin. <gasps> I mean, well, there ain't no stopping him. No. <laughs> uh, so he's back, and he came to the aid of Benoit Orton to fend off Evolution. Chris Jericho says uh, in the build of this that he's the one that came up with the idea of Taboo Tuesday and pitched it to Vince. Who did? Chris Jericho. Oh, Chris so, Jericho? That's, that's a swing and a miss, dude. Sorry. <laughs> what? You think so? <laughs> I mean, personally, yes. So Shelton Benjamin wins a six-man elimination match to win the endorsement of Vince McMahon going into the match. Literally, they just have like this big six-man battle royal type of match. And he's like, Shelton, for what it's worth, you have my endorsement. <laughs> it's basically the, the vote for me battle royale. Basically, but... Uh, so either it worked or people just really like Shelton Benjamin and I tend to side with the latter. Yeah. I mean, at this point, like, you know, he had broken away from Charlie Haas and was just a, a cool kid showing his stuff. Like, yeah, that's one thing I will definitely say about this show is that Shelton Benjamin looked good. We have the power of hindsight to see that unfortunately Shelton's career never really takes off Ugh, and it totally should have, man. They got him in, they got him now and he's just screwing around on uh, that superstars, which might as well just be like nothing. He's in the shadow realm of WWE. I know, man. I was really hoping he would be a main player when he came back in like twenty sixteen. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how long he's been back. It's <laughs> it was. I mean, you take away that theme, ain't no stopping me now. Like that that's basically a death sentence. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, let's get started. Jericho begins with chops early on. Benjamin reverses Jericho charging attack. With a spagingo! Yeah. Over the top to the floor. He is making Jesus. sure your vote has been counted for. <laughs> that, that could have been a career-ended spagingo right there. <laughs> Benjamin nails a baseball slide sending Jericho into the barricade. Jericho hits a running enziguri. Back suplex by Jericho. Benjamin tries to rally, 
but Jericho holds onto the ropes to avoid a dropkick, resulting in Benjamin slamming down to the mat. Benjamin comes back with a sunset flip, and Jericho follows up with a running clothesline. They battle on the top rope with Benjamin hitting a huge superplex. Benjamin hits a leaping clothesline followed by... A spagingo! What the f***, man? It's crazy! <laughs> Benjamin trying to kill Chris Jericho on Taboo Tuesday. I know, he, he's, he's proving himself. This is his time to shine. He's going to win the championship and be a big boy. What's that song? Oops. Going up on a Tuesday. Is it, is it Tuesday? No, I have to look this up. Yeah, I think it's on Tuesday. I haven't heard that song in years. He ripped the memory out of my brain. Going up on a Tuesday for that spagingo. Benjamin hits a spin kick to the face. And you know what? It's that move that got me thinking. Like, Jericho is so good. Mm-hmm. Because this is the first time these two have faced each other. And I know there's extensive training. I know that, like, this is professional wrestling. I know these guys have to know what they're doing when they get in there. Yeah. And I know Jericho's not a new, but, like, how do you know in the flow of a match just to take that move? I don't know, man. Because who, who did this move before Shelton Benjamin? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. It really made me appreciate the, the gentleman involved. Mm-hmm. I got I to gotta ask real quick. I got I to gotta take a timeout, folks. Um, now... Considering, like, these were all, like, you know, voted on by the fans, did they know the results ahead of time, or was it literally just like Shelton found out he's going to be in the match right then and there? I believe he found out right then and there. And that's the thing. It's like the match, it definitely, that's what I was wondering, because it definitely feels like a match like they called it in the ring because there weren't any, like, insane spots or anything. But for calling it in the ring, they, they both did a great job. I what thought. do you mean? We just saw two spagingos. I mean, it's not like they said, "Hey, Chris, let's do some spaghingos." Cool. <laughs> he just had he just had something to prove. This is a in the moment spaghingo, no. the most raw spaghingo of all. You, you raise a good point. You raise a good point. <laughs> so, if that's truly the case, which I think it is, even more props to these dudes. Mm-hmm. So Jericho hits a bulldog, but he misses a lion salt. Benjamin up top, he hits a leaping clothesline for a two count. Benjamin goes for a stinger splash as JR likes to call it. Mm-hmm. But Jericho moves, and Benjamin hits the turnbuckle. Jericho goes for the balls of Jericho, but Benjamin counters to an inside cradle. Lion Salt connects for Jericho. That was a big Lion Salt, too. He cleared, like, half the ring. Oh, my gosh. Yes, he did. It's one of those things where, like, sometimes when he does those Lion Salts, I'm like, he's not going to make it. And then when he does, I'm just always blown away. It's a miracle he didn't break his neck. Oh, good my God. Jericho jumps off the turnbuckle, but Benjamin catches him with a T-bone suplex for the pin and the win. Oh, yeah. Benjamin is the new Intercontinental Champion. There you go. And I got to say, thumbs up. This was a great outing for the two dudes who didn't have a concrete plan to wrestle one another. It was a, it was pretty much a given. Benjamin would be the one selected. You know, they did everything they could on TV to make him the best choice. He was the endorsement of Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it translated to the fans. They did good, not great, but it was a good match. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, it's, it's hard because, like, is this, like, a massive pay-per-view match? I, I wouldn't say so. It was, it was real good, and I think it showed that both of them were really great competitors, especially considering, like, yeah, if they called it on the ring, that's like, wow, you guys are both pros. 
I don't think that really takes away from it in the end, especially when you take the show as a whole. I thought they both did really well. And as a showcase for Benjamin, it really made him feel like this is a guy to watch. <laughs> and uh, it's just, I don't know. These are these are just the bittersweet moments, you know, before you realize what happens down the line. But you know what? In the moment, I got to give it a it's just a thumbs up. It's a feel good thing. We're not that far from Mama Benjamin, are we? <laughs> Cut backstage Edge, Chris Benoit, and Shawn Michaels. Each man pleads their case as to why you should vote for them. And Sean, he admits he's not 100% with a knee injury, but vows to give it his all if he's selected. And once again, like, I'm sorry. I was going to say, once again, like, the backstage cuts, whenever they are having to show multiple people, it's just kind of like these awkward, kind of like really close ups, and they're all just standing shoulder to shoulder, like, all trying to fit really hard into the shot. It's so weird. Well, you know, the arena's so small, like, you know, they're scrapped mm-hmm. for space. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Goachman keeps referring to the voters as the worldwide internet audience, which sounds like it came straight from Vince McMahon. <laughs> That's, yeah, I was thinking, like, every time he kept saying that, I expected him to go, like, oh, yeah, we got these votes from the World Wide Web, which is like, you know, even that sounds kind of cheesy, but at least it makes sense. But exactly. Whatever. It's all Vinny Mac. <laughs> we have to appeal to the worldwide internet audience. They're to not the gonna kids like, these days. They're not going to like Rodney <laughs> Mac being in that match. <laughs> but nevertheless, Shawn Michaels is revealed as the winner with 38.72% of the votes. He beats Edge with 33.42% and Benoit with 27.86%. And mm. it seems like these people are almost ready for Hill Edge to get a chance, but not quite. Mm. And they definitely seem over Benoit for now. <laughs> I know. We're a, we're a long way from Mania. <laughs> Edge pulls his hair in frustration and storms off. And Benoit... Pulls out like a huge chunk. It's like all... Uh, it's got like skin on the end of it. He's like crazy. Starts foaming at the mouth. He does start to do that. Like this becomes like his <laughs> little personality thing. And he does pull out his hair. Jeez, like, <laughs> dude. You freak! <laughs> In his, uh, on his road to becoming the ultimate opportunist. Next match is the WWE Women's Championship Fulfill Your Fantasy Battle Royale. As always here on the Ruthless Aggression Podcast, we actually have a Diva Inspector. (laughs) So I'm going to toss it to the official Diva Inspector of the podcast. Kyle, how the heck did we get here? Uh, So basically, uh, you know, there's not a ton of heat right here. They, they, they tried doing something like Trish, Molly Holly, Gail Kim. They target Christy Hemme, Lita, Nidia, Victoria, Stacey Keebler. But, like, you know, sex Mr. Short, so there's not a lot of heat. 
you know, uh, the only thing to really take away is Trish. Trish is important and she is the bad one. And then boo everyone else because she is the one who holds you to tell. She's a slut. <laughs> yep. She's got them T-Tos and she's a champ and she's more important. Despite and that's the fact she doesn't actually sleep with anybody. I know, right? That's just like the go-to. It's like when they would yell slut at Stephanie. It's like, what? What? For just be, what? What does she do? For merely existing as a attractive mm-hmm. woman. So, well, it doesn't sound like a whole lot's going on here, but you know what? I nope. have to <laughs> I have to applaud Molly for her choice of outfit. It reminded me of some Pentecostal congregant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they say on commentary like she kind of looks more like a the school librarian or something, and I'm like, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a thing. And I posted this on, on Twitter recently. <laughs> it's just, just like my one takeaway from all this divas crap we've watched is just, man, I just feel so bad for Molly Holly. She just wants to wrestle. I know, man. So props to her for removing all like semblance of attraction. Well done. Mm-hmm. I feel so, so bad for her. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying anything new here. I just feel bad for the women involved, of course. I have no doubt yeah. some are cool with something like this, but do you really think Jazz wants to do this? No, man. You can just tell. Like <laughs> it's just wrong. You know, it's like you know, the women they get in for this diva stuff as it goes on, like, you know, they're just like fashion models or uh, fitness models, I mean. And it's like, you know, it's fine if they're okay with this stuff. Like that's not the issue. It's just like it's so like blatantly exploitative that it's just it feels a little icky everybody came out in their schoolgirl uniforms uh we got trish victoria stacy keebler gail kim nydia molly holly and jazz and the one thing i will say is uh <laughs> i did like when jazz came out she just gave off the era of like or the era of uh i am over this <laughs> just rips her sleeves off and <laughs> just get in the ring as far as the match, there really isn't too much special. Like, like a lot of just loose brawling and knocking each other over. Emphasis on brawl, JR. Woo! Yeah, and just the, you know, King just slobbering. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it ended up coming down to, uh, I think it was coming down between, like the final four was Trish, uh, Stacey Keebler, uh, Molly Holly, and who was uh, the last one? I don't know. I think it came down to that last Victoria, final three. Victoria, Stacy. No, wait, the final three? Yeah, that was Molly. Final Molly. three, I think, was it was Trish, Molly, and Stacy. And Stacy, I think, went to do some kind of head scissor thing. But then, uh, you know, that, that dastardly Molly Holly and her normal female looks uh, <laughs> threw her out, you know, just grabbed her by the legs, tossed her over the top rope, because, you know, it's a battle royale. And then, uh, bafflingly enough, Trish knocks... Knocks uh, Molly Holly out the ring through the over the second rope, but they still count it anyways. And that's it. The end. She wins. Well, congratulations to Trish. Yeah, it was. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I, I don't, I don't want to seem like I'm selling you folks. I don't want to seem like I'm selling you short here, but this was literally nothing. This was just crap. It was just something to get out there to show you some puppies and uh that's really about it the only thing worth note is that i guess technically stacy won or stacy sorry technically trish won so i mean i'm maybe jumping the jumping the gun here but i'm definitely giving this a thumbs down definitely thumbs down as well i don't want to see this (laughs) no it's like 
the thing is, like, we've had, like, as far as, like, diva stuff goes, like, the shake, shake, ooh, like, the stuff with Trish, or, or uh, freaking A, I keep getting names messed up, like, the stuff with, um, uh, like, Tori Wilson and all that, and, uh, what's her name? I suddenly forgot. With Sable? her dad, Al. Oh, Don no, Marie. it's the stuff between, yeah, 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 like, the stuff between, like, uh, Trish Stratus and Don Marie was stupid and dumb, but at least it had some entertainment value, like on a weird, like, this is so dumb, it's entertaining way. But this is just nothing. It's just nothing. The less said about this, the better. Mm-hmm. Todd Grisham is getting their thoughts on the match, and Robert Conway is going off saying how it's typical of the corrupt voting system in America. And Sylvain starts to say something, presumably in French. He, like, mumbles. He can barely hear him. Which throws Robert Conway off, and so he lays out for him to speak, but Sylvain stops talking. (laughs) And And so... Yeah, he, oh, he initially turned around and he unknowingly bumps the Quebec flag, sending it slamming down to the floor. And the silence is so loud. <laughs> it's so funny because it knocks like the little like the pipe things, and then the floor is like tink. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, jeez, that's like the biggest metaphor for Lars. Dude, that's so right. <laughs> I'm just I'm so over these guys. I can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. But I will give credit where it's due. This is the most entertaining I've ever seen La Resistance. Mm. I guess. Todd Grisham points out that they beat Edge and Benoit initially for the titles. And then Sylvain butts in. And it sounds like he's saying America is his homeland. But he was saying that it was in Quebec. Uh, Now, this is in America, so the odds are against them. I think that's what he was trying to say. Uh, but saying something. <laughs> nevertheless, Robert has to like butt in himself and give the old what he's trying to say. <laughs> and so they're they're wrestling under protest, which um, I wish they would be, you know, make a true protest and not show up at all. <laughs> For real, <laughs> protest the show. Put you your go. money where just your not... mouth is. <laughs> just, just let Edge and Benoit have a singles match instead. There you go. That'd be fun, right? <laughs> oh my gosh this is going to be a doozy next match Kyle into a hell of a predicament involving both Matt and Kate. I really regret that. But I don't regret my pregnancy. My baby was the only thing innocent in all of this. 
And I wanted nothing more than to give birth to my baby. And now, I will never know what my baby looks like. My baby boy was taken away from me. Snitsky took him away from me. It wasn't my fault! that Kane does exactly what he says he's going to do. Snitsky is a dead man. There's a steel piper or something inside that baby carriage. I'm a bloodthirsty maniac coming after me for something that wasn't my fault. Kane threatened my life. He said Snitsky... The only thing dead around here, Kane, is your baby. Kane is walking with a purpose. What is he doing? What is he doing out here? Kane now, taking out his wrath and his doom. Now I hear Eric Bischoff has made our match a choose your weapons match for Taboo Tuesday. Son. going to need all of you listening right now to bring down the crossbar securely to tighten your seat belts because we're about to take a hard ride on the ruthless roller coaster <laughs> it's gene stensky versus kane we've all this is one of the moments we've been waiting for kane was upset coming off his defeat by Shawn michaels he demanded bischoff make a match between the two on raw but Bischoff declined on that particular evening. And Kane was livid. So to appease Kane, Eric Bischoff sanctions a match between Kane and an opponent of Bischoff's choosing. No DQ, anything goes. Kane, you can do whatever you want to your opponent to uh, take out your frustrations on him. So his opponent was the debuting Gene Snitsky. Ooh. Kane pretty much dominates the entire match, but Lita cuts Snitsky some breaks, including a spot where Kane is going to set up Snitsky, Shawn Michaels style, placing a steel chair on his throat, no doubt going to stomp it from the middle rope. Lita takes the chair off Snitsky, and Kane is yelling in Lita's face. As this is happening, Snitsky whacks Kane in the back with the chair, causing Kane to fall on top of a pregnant Lita. <gasps> oh. Lita hurls over in pain. With both Kane and Lita being, you know, they begin to panic over the unborn child. Lita is stretchered out and taken to the hospital, all while the crowd chant, 
Baby Killer to Kane. Goodness. The following week on Raw, Gene Snitsky requests airtime to make a statement. It wasn't my fault. JR says, oh, surely you must feel some remorse. But not old Snitz. <laughs> not the big key. <laughs> he just wanted to clear up his feelings. His fault? Not. <laughs> Todd Grisham conducts an interview with Kane and Lita from the hospital, where Lita had been one week fighting to keep the baby. Kane informs Todd that despite the doctor's best efforts, they're giving the survival of the baby a 50-50 chance. And before I continue to go further, I just want to say, yeah, yeah. trigger warning for those who have been through something like this, this is not okay to make entertainment. I don't want it to come across that, like, I think this is funny. I think this is ridiculous. So, oh yes, <laughs> I just want to make that clear before I go forward. Yeah, it, it's it's this is certainly not in good taste. But not only this, it's also a retread of the storyline that happened with uh, Dustin Rhodes in WWF at one point, right? Oh, just yeah, the whole yeah, miscarriage yeah. angle with, with Terry, right? Yeah, except this one goes like way further. So it's just it just feels more gross, <laughs> like a lot more gross. Somewhere the ghost of Vince Russo is like, here's how I would have written it, bro. Oh my goodness. And I, and I also, this is a aside that point, isn't it weird that we've gotten to the point where Kane is so unscary and unintimidating that like he's just in a hospital dressed like a guy? <laughs> I know, man. It's like, that, like that's it. There is no mm -hmm. more uh, validity to this character. It's like in the olden days, like you couldn't imagine Kane like not being dressed in like the mask and the suit. But now it's just like, yeah, here I am. I'm in a black T-shirt and some jeans. Yeah, it's I'm like, Kane. Kane, don't you live in a dungeon? Don't you live in hell? Don't no, you like you live in the suburbs of Tennessee? Evil. Yeah, get out of here. I bet you want to run for mayor in like 15 years, don't you? God, get out of here. Anyway, yeah, uh, you're jabroni. When Todd tells Kane that Snitsky doesn't assume responsibility, Kane loses it and marks Snitsky as a, quote, dead man. <clears throat> During the same episode of Raw, they actually interrupt the SmackDown rebound segment, catching us up on uh, last week's SmackDown, with medical staff rushing to Lita's room. With obviously no acting skills, one nurse says, come on, we need to help now. <laughs> I can't even get through it. <laughs> Come, Come on. on, we need the help. <laughs> I can't get across how deadpan it is. Oh Ugh. my god. <laughs> Another nurse tells Todd to beat it. When the door slowly closes, Kane can be heard yelling, No! No! <laughs> Good god. It's like it's like a bad soap opera. And that's I know that's horrible. like often compared in in, in wrestlings compared to soap opera in that regard but this is just goodness Ugh. it somehow gets worse uh, uh, oh. in what appears to be a hipaa violation the doctor just comes on tv and says he lost the baby i'm like that that can't be legal kane, oh god kane just goes then where is it no <laughs> i'm sorry folks i'm sorry <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, Kane then breathes very heavily in the doctor's face. He grabs a medical assistant by the shirt 
then yells no as he's on his knees by Lita's bedside. The camera slowly pans to Lita's face, which looks depressingly empty as she stares off into the distance. Kane gives an interview the following week, sharing how their unborn baby was the only thing Kane and Lita shared. And now they share nothing. Kane's son might be dead, but he won't die alone. Because Gene Snitsky is as good as dead. When they finally interview Lita, the worst actor ever, she fake cries and says, while she has no love for Kane, she loved her baby. And since Snitsky is remorseless, he is a dead man. I'm sure you're uh, catching uh, catching on the theme here. Yeah. Snitsky lures Kane in for an attack. He comes to the ring with a baby stroller. Oh my gosh. Which draws Kane, but little does Kane know that inside the stroller is not a baby, but it's a lead pipe. <gasps> and he busts Kane open, leaves him for unalive. <laughs> Snitsky explains his actions, saying Kane left him three choices. Run and hide, take the attack, or attack first. Snitsky quoted Kane and said Kane said he's a dead man, but the only thing dead... Are you ready for this? The only thing... I wonder what's going to be said. <laughs> the only thing dead around here is your baby. Ooh. Ooh. He informs us at Taboo Tuesday... Eric Bischoff has sanctioned a choose-the-weapons match, and when Snitsky gets done with Kane, he'll be crying like a baby. Wah, wah. <laughs> he just says that over and over again. I'm so, like, I'm so glad it. I'm so glad it showed that during the hype package because that was so laughably stupid. <laughs> just I'm going, wah, <laughs> like such bad acting. Then it just got the Kane's big dumb face, like you're making me mad. Good lord, this is a mess. This is a mess. This is in bad taste. It's horrible. Brother sucks story. Brother sucks. Can yeah, I do that? Big time brother sucks story. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> this is a big time brother sucks story. This is my show, and oh I my say God. brother sucks story. This is one of those. This is one of those wrestling stories that like you just like if if somebody who isn't into wrestling hears about it, you just feel immediately embarrassed. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! Just imagine, imagine Taboo Tuesday's your first show. Oh god. You would you'd be like, yeah, wrestling sucks. At least I got to see panties. I'm sorry. I forgot to say some weird drippy pop ups. <laughs> drippy. I don't know. I like covering them in juice. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh god, what do you mean by that? I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> I mean my king juice that I marinate my briskets with at King's Barbecue on Bill Street. Woo! <clears throat> Anyway, uh, opinion. <laughs> Snitsky isn't exactly wrong here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have to agree. I mean, it, it totally like it wasn't completely his fault. It was like a big accident that just sucks all around. It's one thing that he's a remorseless butthole, but Kane, for lack of a better term, raped Lita and mm -hmm. impregnated her, and he's the good guy in this. That's what, like, that's the thing that baffled me. Like, as the match started, like, I watched the hype package. I didn't put much thought into it because I'm like, eh, it's just stupid. I don't care. But then I was watching it, and I'm like, wait a minute. Snitsky's doing heat spot. Oh, God, Kane's the good guy in this. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> like, how? How did we get so wrong with Kane? 
I don't know. It's one of those things, man. It's like, <laughs> it's like we're doing this podcast. We're having fun. We're, you know, we're piling it up. But sometimes it's like you just kind of sit there and think, man, maybe the memories are just best left alone. <laughs> and Kane is a prime example. I think you should lead us in a cover of Leave the Memories Alone right here on the podcast. I don't know that song. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm about to say, is this the, the Fuel 2022 remix? I, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Leave the memories alone. How want you say? And I... Leave, the, leave the memories alone. <laughs> I can't do that. Oh, All right, crane. Lid in my pants. <laughs> oh, Jim. Oh, no, it's creepy 2018 perverted Jim Ross. <laughs> uh, but like I was saying, man, like Snitsky, like it's Kane's fault that he impregnate, impregnated. Wow. <laughs> he impregnated her. <laughs> it's Kane's fault. He, he raped her, impregnated her. He drug her out for these matches. He was being a remorseless butthole who was trying to like kill Snitsky. And Lita was just trying to help. Snitsky was just trying to, you know, for all intents and purposes, clear Kane out of the ring so that Lita could get out. I mean, how are we supposed to know? I'll say it again. How is how is Kane the good guy? I don't get it. Mm. But anyway, anything can be done in wrestling, right? So, Despite them dedicating a segment on Raw to both men trying to utilize a lead pipe, the crowd hear boo as coaches gauging the audience on each weapon, with the chain getting the loudest reaction. And wouldn't you know it, with 40.84% of the vote, the chain wins. Which is kind of weird. I, I don't know. When I saw going into this, I figured, yeah, it would come down to the pipe or the chair, because everybody likes a good everybody likes a good chair, folks. I, I mean, I gotta side with it, man. Who cares about a lead pipe? Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, when I think of the lead pipe, I just that it just feels like there's no way you could really make that happen unless it's obviously very very fake, you know. I know, man. For all we know, it's just a hollow paper roll. <gasps> no, they're just covered in silver paint. <laughs> is, this a, is this a used paper towel roll that they just wrap tin foil around? <laughs> right. Uh, second place is steel chair with twenty nine point ninety three percent, and third place belongs to the lowly lead pipe with twenty nine point twenty four percent. And you know, I got a feel. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. You're going to... Yeah. And I think it's, I got a feeling like from the high packages using the lead pipe, like I got a feeling that they were wanting it to be like, yeah, lead pipe match. That's going to be Snitsky's calling card. He's the lead pipe guy. <laughs> nope. And then Val Venus comes up and says, I'm the pipe guy, baby. Saturn. And Vince comes out and says, get the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, you know, chain is a solid choice. I certainly wouldn't have picked the lead pipe myself. Yeah, yeah. Be I'll, be, I'll be real. Like all, all these weapon choices are just kind of, you know, they're okay. <laughs> There's nothing, nothing crazy. It's not like a big stipulation. It's just a weapon. Oh yeah. Well, what weapon do you want to see? Uh, I want to see the the brass knucks. We got somebody like. I don't know. I feel like also. Like, uh, I feel like I am doing like a zillion Jr. impressions just to compensate for Jake not being here. <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting your Jr. fix. You know what weapon I want to see? I want to see, I forget what it's called, but that big nails-in-the-board weapon that Abyss had in TNA. (laughs) (laughs) That he, like, destroyed RVD with. I mean, yeah, that'd be cool. What what was it called? Shirley or something? I don't remember. You You were more of a TNA TNA guy than I was. No, (laughs) like, I would tune into it whenever I was, like, bored and then be like, 
yeah, it's just kind of gross, and everybody's yelling too much. It was basically WCW reborn. It was sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, had... I, just, I, distinctly, I distinctly remember turning into an episode, and I think it was actually that episode where Jim Cornette came out, and he threw his cane away, despite he really shouldn't have. And then he just started yelling on the mic, and I was like, this is a, kind of annoying. <laughs> I can't watch this. I first got into TNA. I'll just I'll say this really quick, and we can move on. But um, around the time Christopher Daniels and Elix Skipper were a tag team, and with the famous mm-hmm. like tightrope, the top of the cage uh, thing, that coupled in with the six sided ring, I was like, this is really cool. So I experienced a lot of the cool days of TNA, and then just watched it just get worse and worse and worse mm-hmm. until I lost interest. So I stopped watching around the time Mick Foley won the title. Mm. And now it just uh, refuses to die. Oh my! It should. It totally should. I hate it when I online see people say you should go to Impact. I'm like, no, no, they shouldn't. That's Impact the thing. It's like stinks. I. That's the thing. It's like I hear like there are high spots in it, like just like some kind of things. Like I hear like the women's division's great, and I hear like occasionally people will have like good title matches. Like I hear people actually sing its praises, but when I turn it on and it's just like in just a tiny little arena. With only like maybe like fifty people there tops, it's just ugh, I, I just can't, you know. It's and too folks, small. Where's the lie? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that was the funniest thing. Cricket, cricket. And coming out being like, "Here's my pipe bomb moment," <laughs> and nobody cares. God, he thought he was something, didn't he? That's so funny. Where's the lie? See <laughs> punk. <laughs> that that got me so hard. Okay, so let's get underway here. <clears throat> uh, wait, underwear? <laughs> <laughs> We're stopping with the puppies and panties. <laughs> <laughs> the buttholes and the teeth. <laughs> okay, we're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. You got to save the good stuff for later. I know, man, I know. The referee drops the chain in between both guys, and we are underway. Underwear? Oh. What? <laughs> Kane throws the chain out of the ring because he wants to use his own bare hands to batter Snitsky. He wells on him with punches, Snitsky powders, and Kane grabs the chain and he swings at Snitsky, but he misses. It's kind of fun to see the chain how it should be used. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if I'm in a fight, I'm swinging that chain. I'm going to take out something. Yeah, I know. Even in that like super, super overly long Triple H Batista match with the chain, they, you know, they still swung it. <laughs> Kane uses the chain to hit a clothesline. <laughs> Kane wraps the chain around his fist and punches Snitsky and sends Snitty Jean out of the ring. Snitty Jean is not my lover. He's just a girl. <laughs> you know. Who said it wasn't their fault? I don't know. But the kid has and punted in the audience. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We got something. We got something. There's something there. If only we had Jake to, to bounce this I idea know. off of. Uh, <laughs> it's the ghost of Jake in the background. He's, he's floating around us, wondering why Here, we can't make better well, song parodies. Let me try and fill the void. <sighs> I love token it up. Mm, go Ducks. <laughs> mm, marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Just make us sound like some kind of weird, like Undertaker no, Seth Rogen hybrid. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> That's basically Jake, right? Yeah, yeah. Shout out, Jake. 
Oh my gosh. Snitsky takes control in the force, sending Kane into the ring post. Snitsky pulverizing Kane back in the ring by whipping him in the back with the chain. And it looked like it was legitimately connecting. And you can hear JR on the call say, You can see the welts on the back of Kane. You could. I mean, it looked pretty, Mm -hmm. pretty gnarly. So props to him. Snitsky chokes Kane with the chain. After a while, Kane picks up some momentum with a clothesline. But Snitsky stops him cold with a boot to the face, followed by a scoop slam. More like a poop slam. (laughs) My joke works. Uh, JR claims nobody has ever overpowered Kane. Jim, have you watched 2004? (laughs) I was about to say, Shane McMahon (laughs) overpowered him. (laughs) It's like, dude, this, this, he sucks. Kane sucks. Kane's a dork. Snitsky connects with a clothesline for a two count. It's funny. Okay, real quick. I got to say, Kane's character in 2004 can be summarized as angry bald man. That's really all it is. And dork. Don't forget dork like you just said. Angry bald man who's a dork. Gosh, man. He sucks. He does suck. <laughs> if there's anybody who's listening to this and getting red in the face, uh, then I suggest you take your keister towards the exit. Exactly. If you're getting mad that we're dunking on Kane, why don't you watch every show in 2004? <laughs> and you tell me. Tell me how yeah, good Kane is. Relive this pain. This insane Kane pain. It is the worst. It's like, objectively, when you look at the record... He's a loser. Mm-hmm. And this is coming in as somebody who I was like, yeah, I remember thinking that Maskless Kane was actually kind of neat. No, I was wrong. <laughs> that was very, very much roasted glasses. He sucks. Yes. When you watch Raw and non- none of the pay-per-views, it's like it's like the FBI effect. You think there's something. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. my gosh, I think we're onto something here. <laughs> there you go. The FBI effect. <laughs> the theory of torque and the FBI effect. Let's go. <laughs> There you go. Put that in the Ruthless Aggression Dictionary. Snitsky connects with a clothesline for a two count. Snitsky chokes Kane with a ch- with the chain again. Kane begins to fire up with punches, and Snitsky again puts an end to it with a sidewalk slam. Kane comes back with punches, followed by a spot where they hit each other with a big boot at the same time. Lita pulls the chain out of the ring, and Kane sets up for a choke slam. But Snitsky punches out of it. Kane ends up whipping him over the top to the floor. Snitsky kicks the steel steps into the knees of Kane. Snitsky grabs a steel chair, despite <laughs> the fact that it's not a weapon of choice. Yeah, this was weird to me. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I know it's like it's a weapon match, but it's like the one weapon. Shouldn't this be a DQ using the chair? I don't know. Yeah, I thought so too, but either way, uh, Snitsky hits Kane in the throat with it, and Kane goes... <laughs> JR noted that the fans didn't vote for the chair, yet Snitsky used it repeatedly with two more chair shots to the throat of Kane. And great line by Jerry Lawler here, he says, It was a ride-in vote! <laughs> <laughs> Props to King. Snitsky chokes Kane with the chain again, followed by some punches. JR said that Snitsky was a psychotic human being. <laughs> uh, Snitsky puts the chair around the head of Kane. He jumps off the middle rope and stomps on the chair, as Lawler pointed out. Kane did that to Shawn Michaels in the past. And he nearly <gasps> did it to Snitsky just a few weeks prior. And to think, had Lita not stopped Kane, they wouldn't be in this situation. Mm-hmm. 
Kane begins bleeding profusely from the mouth, and the ref calls for doctors to come check on Kane, and it looks like the match is going to be stopped as Snitsky leaves. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he comes right back in the ring, stomps, and grabs the cover and officially wins the match. It's like this somebody be like, hey, guy, you actually have to win. And he's like, oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> that confused me at first. Sorry, I was like, I'm wait, green. what? It's kind of how he talks. It's kind of like this little boy voice. Uh-huh. Brock Lesnar effect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm green, and it's not my fault. It's not, I swear. <laughs> Uh, what'd you think about this match? Uh, oh man. Yeah, we, Snitsky, when after he like, uh, smashed him in the throat, he should have looked at the camera and pointed and said, now that was my fault. Oh my gosh, that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been great. Anyways, uh, no, nah, this match to me was boring. Like, goodness, I did not like this. It was not the worst of the night. It just was just boring. Like, period. <laughs> like, Kane is not in, in, I don't know, an enigmatic figure. You know, it's just a lot of like, t- you know, two big dude plotting strikey stuff. Like the chain was mostly just used as a fist wrap, I feel. And I mean, it's, you know, Snitsky to his credit had the most interesting parts, but I mean, like we said, dude's green. So it's not like it was a compelling bout. Yeah. And just, you know, it, it bugged me that they brought the chair in because I felt like this defeats the entire purpose of the weapon match. Like, so you're telling me you could have just grabbed any of those weapons? Then why do we even have the vote? So yeah, I uh, personally, I gotta give a, a thumbs down. It's just, eh, ugh, get out of here, Kane. It's completely fair. I mean, what happened to people power? Yeah. Where's John yeah. Laurinaitis when you need him? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be a little more forgiving and say thumbs middle. And don't get me wrong, this was physical and entertaining at points, but something didn't connect. And perhaps Mm -hmm. I'm too distracted at how Snitsky blends in with the rest of the nobodies becoming stars in this year. Mm -hmm. Snitsky looks like a big, incredible dude, but perhaps that works against him. Mm -hmm. Coupled in with a lame name like Gene Snitsky. Mm -hmm. I mean, he already got somebody named Eugene. You want two genes? That's a great point, and I didn't think about that till just now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow, another Gene on the Raw roster. I know. And then on top of that, you got Mean Gene. It's like, there's already plenty of genes in wrestling. Come on. But you know what? This got him over as a monster, you know, taking Kane out. Because after the match, they stretcher out Kane. It almost looks like he's going to give a little thumbs up, like, I'm okay, guys. Uh, (laughs) But as he's doing that, Gene Snitsky totally just pushes him off the freaking stretcher. And Kane's just wallowing. And I gotta say, with that push, that has landed Gene Snitsky with the Pepsi Blue Splash of the Night. And now it's time for the Pepsi Blue Splash of the Night. So, man, it looks like Kane's gonna be be out for a while. I -hmm. say great. I'm I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) <laughs> yes, he uh, he's experiencing some insane pain, Kane himself. Uh, so he's gonna sit out for a while. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we cut backstage to Edge. He calls the opportunity to win the tag titles a consolation prize, or as Big Daddy Cole Diesel would say, "What a pittance!" Oh yeah, I got this. What 
want a pittance. <laughs> Shout out to OSW for that. He calls HBK a has-been and says it should have been him. He sarcastically thanks the fans and storms off. Hill Edge is here. And I'm here for it, man. I'm so glad to see, yeah, my Durango, number 95, gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I far pref- I, I, I've always preferred Heel Edge. As long as, he's done- <laughs> as long as it's done well. Just an all-timer theme. Which I mm-hmm. think debuts in the f- coming weeks on Raw, so we're almost oh, we're almost yeah. all rich. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying some of this ruthless aggression nonsense, but we gotta pay the bill, so stick around. Haha, <laughs> Trek and Donkey on another whirlwind adventure. Coming to DVD Friday, November 5th, it's the number one comedy of all time. Wow. It's the biggest film of the year, and it's the one movie you gotta own. You know what I'm saying? Huh? Hmm? Huh? 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 Stop it. Oh no! No! Quadro! Hit it! And now Shrek 2 has an all-new surprise ending made just for the DVD. Welcome to Far, Far Away Idol. Break it down! So buy the Shrek 2 DVD on Friday, November 5th, and be the first to vote for your favorite character. As WWE Divas, we love the new SmackDown vs. Raw video game. It's got so many great features, but our favorite is the new Superstar voiceover. Actually, my favorite is playing online. Voiceover! Online! Voiceover! Online! Wait, 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 what are you doing? Aren't you guys a little overdressed? Voiceover Online Legends and the WWE Divas. Two worlds collide in SmackDown vs. Raw for the PlayStation 2. Rated T for Teen. I love this restaurant. So you back on the block, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's good to see you back. Theft Auto, San Andreas, coming October 26th. Rated M for Mature. After September 11th, our world changed. Either we fight terrorists abroad or face them here. John Kerry and liberals in Congress have a different view. They opposed Reagan as he won the Cold War, voted against the first Gulf War, voted to slash intelligence after the first Trade Center attack, repeatedly opposed weapons vital to winning the war on terror. John Kerry and his liberal allies. Are they a risk we can afford to take today? I'm George W. Bush, and I approve this message. Jonathan Coachman by the stage introducing us to the Eugene-Eric Bischoff match and while he runs down the potential options. 
I thought it was funny how all of a sudden the dress stipulation is now they have to wear it for the duration of a month. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that being said, next match. Yep. It, <laughs> it's a choose the fate match as Eugene takes on Uncle Eric. <laughs> I was not expecting you to say Uncle Eric. <laughs> so he is. <laughs> On the September 20th edition of Raw, Vince McMahon proposes an idea to GM Eric Bischoff. A night where you're not in charge, pal. But rather, the fans are. Taboo Tuesday. And Eric Bischoff says, that's a great idea. On paper. See, I'm I'm hearkening back to the days of season two where Eric Bischoff said things funny. Don't don't you, the listener, appreciate that? Wow. Mm-hmm. Hashtag callback. <laughs> cool <goofy> ranch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss pick pin fun days. I take those over 2004 any day. <laughs> we took those days for granted, didn't we? For real. Like 2004 is always kind of considered the worst year, but like I didn't realize how much it sucked until now. It really, really did. Um, Eric states that the fans rely on him to make the matches because the fans can't be trusted. Vince says balderdash to that and says that night he may not be needed as GM, but he will be utilized as a wrestler, which was jarring to me because Vince actually used his own curse word. Eric is fearful that the fans will select a monster to tear him apart, but Vince says he's already handpicked the opponent, Eugene. Vince suggests some stipulations. What what if the loser has has to wear a dress? What if the loser has to get his head shaved? The possibilities are endless. What if the what if the loser has to get a vasectomy? <laughs> what if the loser has to get an enema? <laughs> <laughs> they do a colonoscopy like live on the Titan Tron. <laughs> Wouldn't um well I was going to say it wouldn't be the first time. It actually would. <laughs> One is imminent, unfortunately. Ha, uh, JR. Uh, we're going to give you colonoscopy on, on freaking live raw. Oh. oh Do you remember oh, that? No, I didn't see that at the time. That was yeah. one of those th- like, things I didn't re- I didn't find out about that till years later. And I was like shocked. I was like, oh my God. The main terrible. spot of raw, they did that. It's crazy. Like Jim Ross. Like well, Jim. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Eric tries to talk Eugene out of it, says he loves him, he'll take him out for ice cream if he calls it off, and it looks like Eugene is about to oblige until he decks his uncle right in the face. In the lead up to this as well, Eric tries to convince Raw Diva Search runner-up Carmella to seduce Eugene to throw the match. And she's like, hey, I like bald men. I'll be your girlfriend if you become bald by losing the match. And Eugene's like, okay but I want you to kiss me first. And she chickens out. Despite not living up to her end of the deal, Eric Bischoff still grants her a match at Taboo Tuesday with Christy Hemme, despite also not winning the contest and not being a contracted member of WWE. It's like, Eric Bischoff, what are you doing, dude? (laughs) Christy Hemme comes out and proceeds to be the one to make out with a mentally handicapped man. Thus playing mind games with Carmella? I don't know, dude. In the go-home, Bischoff sanctions the match with Snitsky and Eugene, and Snitsky beats him up. Will Eugene have a fighting chance? 
Yes. <laughs> what do you make of all this rigmarole? It's stupid. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I hate it, too, because Eugene had a really strong start. The guy was genuinely, like, the most overdued at the beginning of the year, so... I don't know. <laughs> Eugene's also introducing new theme music here. Uh, which one do you like better, this one or the other one? I didn't notice the difference. What was the difference? So the first one is like, dun 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 dun. And now this new one is like, do it, do it, do it, do it, boom. Oh, okay. Like a huge like guitar solo throughout the whole song. I don't understand. This is the. I was going to say, this is the one that I kind of remember a little more, honestly. No, Just I, more. he definitely had this more. Yeah, the louder, the louder, more triumphant one. I like yeah. the, the older one, personally. Yeah, I guess it's a little more simple. No pun intended, folks. Bischoff starts with weak-looking kicks. There's no heat from the crowd whatsoever. Nope. <laughs> Bischoff rams Eugene's head in the turnbuckle. Thus dealing out more mental damage <laughs> but he starts hulking up at the side of this bischoff fakes a leg injury to trick eugene leading to a kick to the head from eric bischoff Oof. eugene no sells it and proceeds to unleash with punches what if they did an angle where uh, eugene got knocked in the head so hard it like you know it knocked some sense into him and he was suddenly like really smart that would have gave his career a, a fighting chance but man <laughs> there really was no way out of this. Uh-uh. He gives Bischoff an airplane spin and a karate kick of his very own. He cuts the air like Hulk Hogan to virtually no reaction and hits the nope. leg drop for the pin and the win in two minutes, one second. I'm going to say thumbs down. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it's kind of sad, man. They could have made this a lot more fun. But nobody cared to see Bischoff get what he deserved, which is unfortunate because I feel like this could have been fun in front of the right crowd, but the crowd didn't care, therefore it stunk. Yep. And, like, right now, like, you know, you're just talking about the match. I don't know. I, I have to look at this as a whole because I'm sure you're going to go over the whole thing. But to me, honestly, this entire Eugene segment gets a massive brother sucks from me. Brother sucks! Whoa! I, absolutely hated every single minute of it <laughs> there it was the most it was like i don't know if it was the most useless it was i don't know it, it ties for most useless thing on the show with something that'll come later folks but no oh it was goodness. horrible it was absolutely I horrible. hated it hated it so much like there's no heat no nothing they squandered eugene's baby face sympathy like in five seconds and it just like I don't know. Like, I feel like the crowd most of the time for most of the pay-per-view was just on their hands, you know? Good gosh, yeah, man. It's like they got him hot with that very first match because it was solid. And then after that, it was just like, just flatline. Everybody but, was yeah. worried about school the next day or work. <laughs> for real. I'll let, I'll let you continue to, to, to say what happened. I'm a, I'll interject, but okay. yeah, you, you'll understand. All you'll right. understand why it's just a big brother sucks. Hang on, folks. Because we're going for another bumpy ride here. So we cut the coach who has the results from the worldwide internet vote. Mm -hmm. Gosh, that term is so bizarre. And with an overwhelming 59% of the vote, Bischoff must get his head shaved. 
Also, wear a dress won 1% more than the servant option. Who voted for that? I don't know. <laughs> but, like, on top of this, like, Coach comes to the ring to be, like, I guess the mediator. And he's, like, going through the options. Like, oh, hey, crowd, do you want to see him be a servant? Uh, how about a dress? Uh, how about his head shaped? Eh? <laughs> and it just they just keep, he just keeps repeating it going through like trying to be like a oh man the crowd's gonna they're gonna chant they're gonna they're gonna want his head shaved but nobody cares it's like dude we know the the result what are you doing <laughs> yeah just, just get to it we voted it's there on the screen you said it yourself so that draws mr mcmahon to come to the ring and he actually mouths no chance in hell to eric bischoff as his theme is singing the part <laughs> But Kevin Dunn actually missed it due to his big freaking beaver teeth likely <laughs> chomping down on the keyboard in front of him and showing a one-second awkward shot of Eric Bischoff. So thanks, Kevin Dunn. Yeah, thanks, Kev. Like, what a, but, what a gift that would have turned in to be. But nope. And on top of this, like, after getting through the coach stuff, Vince is out here. You think, oh, it's going to be decisive. He's going to, like, you know, maybe, like, punch him, drag him. It'll be fun. He basically does the same crap again that coach did. <laughs> just draws this out even more like did the match go short by accident did something happen we don't know about <laughs> like what the hell that's just so much with the just rest of the nothing. show though it's just filler for what yeah there is so much just nothing filler like did they just feel like they didn't have a, a complete card to justify a full-length pay-per-view and we're just trying to just shove as much garbage in as they could i don't get it at least ecw december to dismember had the mm -hmm. you know the respect to end early <laughs> for real like, come on man mcmahon you know he gets in the ring eugene celebrates he pauses for a shave your head chant or shave his head excuse me and tells bischoff he's going to shave his head bald and so bischoff's like i don't want to do it and then he walks away boo so vince said if he leaves he is fired <laughs> so he would say it now um and he tells him to get in that barber's chair. After much back and forth, Eugene takes trimmers and comically large scissors to his uncle Eric. Well, you should say he tries to take trimmers oh, yeah. in the time-honored <laughs> tradition of they never work in wrestling spots most of the time. He's just like miming, shaving his head, and Eric's like, ah! <laughs> like doing the worst acting. You could tell he just does not give a shit at this point. How could Until he, man? This is awful. <laughs> Yeah, until Eugene just finally gives up and gets the scissors and starts cutting locks off his hair, which is not satisfying. The crowd is not going insane for this. And Vic McMahon is desperately trying to save this whole crap. Pretty brother sucks. Um, mm -hmm. Coachman tries to go back to the control center, but Vince tells him to come back to ringside and tells Coach that the dress on the mannequin is Coach's size. So Vince is like, take your shirt off. Take your pants off. I hope you're wearing underwear today. <laughs> Honestly, like I like watching this because it was so time wasty. Like, I don't know. It's I don't know if this is all planned or what, but part of me wants to believe like because the the trimmers weren't working, Vince was just improvising and be like, coach, put the dress on. Because yeah. coach was just he seemed genuinely hesitant. Like he took his shirt off and he's like, Now take the pants off. And he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know. So it's a mess. Awkward. You know, it's not the first time Vince has forced someone to take their clothes off on television. 
But poor coach left in his boxers and his shoes. Vince tells coach to put on the dress. When coach puts the dress on, the crowd cheer mildly. Vince says, don't be a slut. Button it up. <laughs> oh my God. As Eugene cuts the hair of Bischoff, you find that there's gray hair underneath. And Vince asks Eric if he dyes his hair and calls him a phony some bee. Yeah, he's like, yeah, so what? It's like, if you watch WCW, yeah, you know. You know he dyes his hair. <laughs> so, well, I don't watch WCW, pal. I don't watch wrestling. <laughs> so, yeah, man, it's pretty, pretty long and pretty bad. Mm-hmm. We cut backstage to Shawn Michaels, Chris Benoit, and Edge. Shawn Michaels was shown getting his left knee taped up when Edge walks up to complain about it. He says that Sean knew that Edge could beat Triple H, but Sean took the opportunity away by not dropping out of the match. Because he's a selfish son B. And Shawn Michaels went, yeah, so <laughs> I love cheating. <gasps> oh, they all Shawn Michaels is back. <laughs> The next match is a World Tag Team Championship match as Edge and Chris Benoit take on I am not looking forward to this match. I will preface this by saying, just because, you know, you can already tell by the fact that Lars is in the match that we're not going to like this. I I, I just want to know. To me, this is the worst Law Resistance match we have seen yet. Uh, I can agree with that. Definitely agree with that. This is this is horrible. Before I even talk it about it, it's horrible. It is horrible. So Eric Bischoff is tired of bailing out Law Resistance. In the first ever UK aired Raw, Eric Bischoff overturns a match won by William Regal and Eugene to become the new tag team champions over Law Resistance due to William Regal using the brass nooks. Oh my god! The match was restarted and Law Resistance cheat to win, so they're still champs. Eric Bischoff takes umbrage with them, not softening up Eugene like he asked them to. So he booked a match for them against whichever two superstars didn't get enough votes in the World Heavyweight title match, that being Edge and Benoit, the team they beat in the first place. So we open here with Law Resistance, or, or Savant Grenier, um, to be precise, singing the Canadian National Anthem. And oh, boo, we hate Canada, boo. And <laughs> this match reeks of filling up time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And the fact that it took from the timestamp here is an hour 23.32 to an hour 25, uh, eight seconds, is how long we had to endure Sylvan singing the national anthem. That was the omen from the start, man. Mm-hmm. It's grating, and it's like, it's not... Good heel heat, in my opinion. Nobody it's, cares. Nobody cares. Like the whenever they were like, "We are France," haha. It's like okay. It's like post nine eleven. Everybody's like, "Screw them for you know freedom fries or whatever the hell it was about." <laughs> but it's like honestly, like I can say as an American, no Americans are like, "Oh Canada." <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like you know, there's like Team Canada and stuff in TNA, but that was like kind of comical, you know. It's like it who the hell hates wonder, Canada? Makes you wonder why they switched them in the first place. It's like there was something with the French, but like French Canadian, no. I 
I wonder if it was like, like, oh, well, uh, we just got a big uh, new rights deal and Europe and it also includes France. And we don't want to piss off any of those people. <laughs> kind of like when Big well, Show uh, ripped down the, the Russian flag and they said, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, I think it's more to do with um, uh, Renee on SmackDown as being that French guy. And so, oh, we mm. can't have two, can we? But, uh, but, but you do. You do. But you did. Who cares? <laughs> So I don't, I don't get it, man. It's, it almost reminds me of not the Mounties. If you're familiar, <laughs> just say you're not the Mounties. Anyway, um, so gosh, I am just probably going to speed run this thing. So Go through it. Go. Hey, I'll me. tell you, I'll tell you what happens. Uh, people punch each other a lot, and uh, the uh, law resistance mistimes a lot of moves and looks like crap. The end. Why? Why were they afforded so many opportunities, man? I don't know. And it's like, you know, to be fair on him, in some of the matches we've watched in the past, usually it's like mostly like, you know, like Sylvania Grenier is the crappier one. And Rob Conway's like, okay. Mm -hmm. But no, this one, they both sucked hard. Greener than goose crap, dude. And, and I don't know if it was just because like they were in there, like they were in there with like Edge and Benoit and, and Benoit, especially I figured could try to carry him a bit, but not even he could save him. Oh my God. This is horrible. Um, mm -hmm. Anyways, blast through this shotgun style. Okay. We begin with quick tags from Benoit and Edge as they actually work together against Conway. And that was one thing I was surprised that Edge actually did, you know, dish out some offense. Benoit hits Grenier with a back suplex followed by a backbreaker. Benoit nails a sloppy looking flapjack on Grenier. No doubt from the greenness of Sylvain. Mm -hmm. Edge tags in and gets decked with a back elbow by Grenier. Edge manages to hit Conway with a spear to the back while he was on the apron, and Conway goes flying into the barricade. Grenier attacks Edge, so Benoit saves his partner outside the ring. The French boys work over Edge with Grenier getting a signature French rest hold headlock in. Everybody excited? Yay. Can't wait to see a freaking sleeper hold, man. Like, they had to get extra security out to keep people from jumping the barricades. They're so excited. Yes, all ten of them. <laughs> <laughs> after, a couple of, after a couple of minutes with the hills working together, Edge hits a clothesline out of the corner. Benoit tags in, and we get chops to Grenier, but Grenier whips him into the turnbuckle and hits him with a forearm to the head. The French-Canadians double-team Benoit in the corner with punches, and uh, we actually got a USA chant here. Which, uh, you got Canada mm -hmm. versus Canada. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Benoit. So... Benoit's from Atlanta, Georgia, dude. He's from Atlanta, and Edge is from the, the Edge. <laughs> <laughs> Insert AJ Styles' flat earth joke. <laughs> Benoit misses an integrated kick and then avoids an elbow drop, leading to Benoit hitting a German suplex on Conway. Excuse me. Kanye, <laughs> let's not bring him up. No, God, no. <laughs> let's talk about somebody that needs a good spagingo. <laughs> Benoit crawls over to make the hot tag to Edge. Ooh. But the ref didn't see it. Oh, no. Oh, no, we didn't see it. Oh, we can't have fun. We can't have fun in this match, can we? Wait a minute. That ref is French-Canadian, Baka. It's no way out 2003 all over again. 
so, yeah, the ref tells Edge to get out of the ring, and Edge takes it to heart and just straight up leaves. <laughs> I laughed at this part because I was like, man, even Edge is like, man, I'm done with this match. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> I don't blame him. I do the same thing. He literally goes to the back, grabs his bag, gets in a car, and leaves. And JR on the call says, he's not even taking time to get showered and dressed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's going to be all stinky. Something about that was just very Southern, and I loved it. Benoit watches it happen as Grandier slaps on a headlock. Benoit valiantly fights back by tripping up Grandier on the top rope. Benoit nails Grandier with a superplex off the top. Conway tags in, and the Hills try a double team. But Benoit hits a German suplex on Grandier, and he rams Conway into Grandier like a battering ram. Mm-hmm. And Benoit hits two German suplexes on Conway. Benoit punches Grenier off the apron. Benoit gets Conway in the Crippler crossface, and he has no choice but to tap. In an oh. agonizing 16 minutes, 15 uh, seconds, Benoit wins the tag titles. So it's 16 minutes too long. <laughs> oh my word, man. Uh, give us your thoughts. What do you think about the match? You know, it's a kind of underrated classic, in my opinion. No, it sucks. This sucks so bad. The only reason this kind of match doesn't get a brother sucks on this pay-per-view is because there was actual wrestling in it. It wasn't just a complete total time waste. But as far as a match goes, oh, yeah, big waste of time. Like, they, uh, they being Lars, these dolls could not be any more green in this match. And I'm sure, like, there are times when Benoit probably just, like, wanted to rip his hair out working with these guys. Because it seemed like multiple times they just kept messing up time and just taking moves wrong and just not being in the right position. It just sucked. So I give this a extra big thumbs down. Yeah, and there's no excuse for it because Mm-mm. these guys have been here how long and featured on every Raw, almost every pay-per-view, there's no excuse for being green at this point, man. They're featured in the draft. <laughs> I mean, thumbs down. Horribly boring match. Crowd didn't care till the very end, which, you know, something actually happened. Like, my gosh, this is horrible. Mm-hmm. I never want to see Law Resistance ever again. And I know I may. I know I may see them on another pay-per-view, but I hope, I hope this is the last time. We cut backstage to Todd Grisham and Triple H. <laughs> Triple H hates that this that his match's fate is in the internet's hands. He thinks Shawn Michaels is lying about his injuries and is keeping his guard up going into the match. He tells Todd, "Get out of here. I got some thinking to do." <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I don't know why. Doesn't matter, choose your own stipulation fight between Christy Hemi and Carmella. The winner of the quarter of a million dollar Raw Diva Search competition is. Christy, you are the winner of a quarter of a million dollars. The only reason I'm here. Because of all of you. Christy, I just want to say congratulations. And you're right. 
The fans are the reason why you've won. The only reason these fans booed me was because they knew the truth. None of them, in their wildest dreams, would ever have a shot at this. I am the Playboy Playmate of the Year! You're the bitch who robbed me of a quarter million dollars. Hey! Oh, that little spunky. little hand check there. One day, it's going to be my pleasure to watch you get your ass kicked. Now, ladies, this is called The Last Word. Each of you are going to have 30 seconds to tell the audience what kind of match they should vote for you guys to have at Taboo Tuesday. I am not going to parade around in my bra and panties. I will be damned if I'm going to have an evening gown ripped off of my body. I think you all should vote for the aerobics challenge. What I want is what the people want. And I'm prepared to beat you in all three matches. The last time I was in this ring, I kissed Eugene. Tell them what Christy's going to do at Taboo Tuesday when she gets the opportunity to get her hands on Carmella. Once again, I got to throw it to the official diva inspector of the podcast. Kyle, what the heck happened in this story of boobs and panties? Uh, so, uh, you know, they're doing the raw diva search and it comes down to Christy Hemme and Carmella, not Carmella of, you know, now, but of course, <laughs> Carmella, the 2004 Playboy Playmate of the Year. It's good that she has success in that regard because she certainly can't act. <laughs> it comes down to both of them, but Christy Hemme ends up winning it. She wins the $250,000 pot. And this strikes a big jealous streak between her and Carmella. Oh, Jake would you know, love that. He loves pot, dude. Oh, oh, you. <laughs> Trish Stratus, of course, you know, brings her on Raw the following week and tells her being Christy Hemi and tells uh, Christy that Eric Bischoff is uh, given Trish the authority to book Christy's first match. And Trish books her in a three on one handicap match. So it is Trish, Molly Holly and Gail Kim taking on Christy. But it's just not an ordinary handicap match. It is a bra and panties handicap match. <laughs> So, you know, the heels win, they rip off Christy's clothes, and she's all naked, but then she's like, wait a minute, you like seeing my breasticles? <laughs> and so now the story is kind of like Christy's weird sexual awakening. Uh, so <laughs> it comes down, yeah, they, on the Go Home Raw, they get a contest, it's called The Last Word. Each woman has about 30 seconds to just kind of pitch to the audience why they should choose them. And Carmella is like, I am too much of a lady to dance around in my bra and panties. I am far more better at aerobics. Please vote for aerobics. And Christy's like, hey, I don't care. It's what the people want. Am I right? Puppies. And, uh, yeah, you know, we already, as mentioned earlier, she smooched Eugene and her big sexual awakening. But she alludes she's going to kiss someone else. And then she awkwardly approaches Lillian Garcia. And in a throwback, we get some HLA as she plants a little tiny kiss on Lillian. And it's awkward. And 
Yeah, and then Carmella hits her and then, you know, sets up the match. <laughs> so next up, you know, we find the stipulation. It came down to an aerobics challenge. Boo. A, a evening gown match. Boo. Uh, or a lingerie pillow fight. <laughs> and so, of course, people vote for the lingerie pillow fight. Overwhelmingly so. Like, just not even bothering to count the votes because the bar's already like 50 feet long. <laughs> just like my boner. Whoop. And um, <laughs> so that's it. So both the ladies come out. <laughs> Bo- both ladies come out. Uh, Christy Hemi and uh, Carmella both come out. And there are these big, like, these big cube shadow boxes, you know. kind of They kind of make me think of just, like, giant paper lanterns or something to give you a visual. And Coach comes down, and he's explaining everything. And he's like, all right, ladies, you got to go and change into your lingerie. They picked. And so this is presented as some sort of, like, strip tease. Like, think of, like, the scene from Austin Powers <laughs> whenever, yes. whenever that one lady is changing. You only see the silhouette. And um, so you got Christy Hemi, clear silhouette, sexing it up. You know, she's shaking and you can see like a curvature of her butt cheeks and her breasticles. But then Carmella is awkwardly close to the light. So it looks like just a gigantic blurry woman. And it's in no way sexy (laughs) to the point where they eventually just cut off her camera feed and just focus on Christy. They both come down to the ring in robes and then they get in the ring and they start the match they disrobe and like and they, you know, they're in their underwear and the match starts they both grab giant feather down pillows and beat each other and feathers fly everywhere and king is just having an aneurysm on commentary about <laughs> puppies and all this stuff yeah they roll around some they have more pillows more feathers roll around some more until eventually Christy Hemi kind of gets her in some sort of pinning position, and then there's a three count, and it's over. And her shoulder's up, too. I, I didn't even notice. I was too busy staring at the puppies, JR. No. Waving Jerry's uh, like, wait, her shoulder's up. <laughs> I don't care. I got something else that's up. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, like, the hype video for this leading up gave me secondhand embarrassment. It was just so cringy. <laughs> The shadow box thing was cringy. Oh, I didn't even mention they did a spot where they're doing a face off and um, Carmella, uh, her outfit is like she's just kind of in a, in a bra and panties and Christy's wearing some kind of, I don't know, I forget what you call that thing. Uh, what the fuck is it called? Um, hold on. You can edit all that out. Christy Hemi is kind of in more of like a corset thing and she reaches over to Carmella's uh, breasticles and everybody's like, what's she doing? And she pulls out padding ha 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 she's padding her breasts oh, isn't my. that funny she doesn't have huge gazungas like chrissy hippie does ha 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 <laughs> and uh she throws them to the crowd and you see them just like foam at the mouth and tear it apart with their teeth no <laughs> but <laughs> yeah it, it that it just happens it just happens it was just at this point i felt okay this is a complete, this whole show feels like a complete waste of time. This is absolute garbage. There is zero redeeming quality to any of this. Even if you take it on a surface level of like, ooh, you know, it's sexy. It wasn't very sexy. It was awkward and weird and terrible. There was no wrestling. There was no heat. There's no anything. This was nothing. 
Nobody came away looking cooler or stronger or anything. And so I don't know if this is the first time, but this is a very, very, very rare double brother sucks. Brother sucks. Oh my this gosh, what? <laughs> sucks so hard. I hated it. So we got two brother sucks on the show to compliment the two spagingos we've had. So it's a when the brother sucks outweighs the spagingos, we've gone too far. Yeah, like this was awful. Like the thing is, it's like it's really hard. I know I'm probably just repeating myself. You can't. It's just nothing. That's just the only way I can describe it. Like this is this show so far is just. (laughs) I just think, like, there's usually, like, some redeeming factors to a show, right? But this doesn't even have that. There's nothing I could point and say, yeah, just go watch this and leave the rest out. Don't watch it. (laughs) Anyways, Levi, what did you think of the big puppy flop around match? (laughs) I I think you spoke for me, so, I mean, I'm I'm good. There's nothing I disagree with. (laughs) Like, we are are good. This is a brother sucks, true and true. Brother sucks. Um, mm-hmm. My goodness, um, this just felt like a total time filler. Like I had this playing in like the background um, while I was at work, just to kind of you know track what was going on with the show. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, they're still getting dressed for the match. Like, it how much time forever. do they need to fill for this? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, and then there's even a point where like I told you. Um, Carmella, you know, she was like too close to the light or something. So she was really out of focus and like the shadow was giant. And coach tried saying like, oh, come on now, Carmella. You know, don't be shy. Got to get a a little closer to the screen so we could see. And then (laughs) nothing. And they decided to cut her feed. It was just, ugh. It's just time I can't get back. (laughs) I know, man. I just, can we just have like a burping contest or something? I would much rather have that. Can we have... Uh, and I win. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I think we need to decompress a little bit. So why don't we take a break and we'll be back after these old messages. If you're thinking of voting for George Bush, think about this. His tax cuts for the wealthy have pushed the deficit to a record high. He's done nothing while health care costs have soared. He's lost more jobs than any president in 75 years. And over a thousand soldiers have died in a war poorly planned. But no one can tell him he's wrong. Why would the next four years be any different? The Democratic National Committee is responsible for the content of this advertisement. 7-Up, fruit juice, calcium, vitamin C, and a refreshing berry flavor. It's getting so much attention, it's blushing. Try new 7-Up Plus. When you add it all up, the only way to go is up. Ken Jennings has now won almost $1,800,000. On his way to $2 million, maybe. See if he can add to his total winnings on the next Jeopardy! Tonight at 7, here on 6ABC. Rated E for everyone. Great buckets of juju! Fight harder. You're gonna get thwarted. Throw farther. Use new juju powers. Let's go, Tack! See you later! And play like an animal. Tack, you can morph into an animal! This is the game you've been dreaming of. Tack 2, the Staff of Dreams, the video game. With an E for everyone. Thank you. 
The next match is a World Heavyweight Championship match as Triple H takes on Shawn Michaels. As voted by you. The fans at home. <laughs> the world, uh, the worldwide internet audience <laughs> or whatever. Despite the fact that the feud ended at Bad Blood, we are getting one more Triple H Shawn Michaels match. I think this is the last time. I hope. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I, I am over the feud, so. Triple H yammers on for weeks about how unfair it is that the fans get to decide his opponent. And perhaps that mimicked how whoever booked this felt. What is the clear direction? It became evident that while Triple H feuded with the concept of Taboo Tuesday, his potential opponents will feud with each other. This laid the groundwork for Edge to become a bona fide villain, but with proper cause, in my opinion. Edge claims that he should be the next challenger for the World Heavyweight title, because both Benoit and Shawn Michaels have had many opportunities to challenge for the World title, while Edge has had zero. Shawn he's Mi not wrong. He's not. I, I feel like he's justified in his anger. Shawn Michaels and Benoit take umbrage with Edge's comments, but he stands by it. After a six-man tag on Raw... Shawn Michaels seems to egg on Edge. He asks the fans in attendance, who'd they most like to see challenge Triple H? When he mentions Edge, it's roaring boos. When it's Benoit, it's mild applause. And as Shawn is about to suggest himself, Edge spears him, and not even in the front, but like to his hip. It made it seem more real. Mm -hmm. He gives one to Benoit, and it seems we finally have heel Edge. And that's pretty much the build for this. How taboo. Michaels fights off Triple H early with some punches while Triple H sets his sights on that injured meniscus of HBK. HBK goes for a kick, but Triple H knocks him down. Michaels tries to fight back, but Triple H trips him up and nails some elbows to the knee. Triple H stretches the left knee of Michaels against his own to work applying some torque. Triple H slaps on the figure four leg lock. And folks, if you've been with us for season three, you know we're going to be here for a while. Those Triple H figure fours or Indian death locks are, uh, yep. you might as well check your phone. <laughs> mm -hmm. Early in the match, Jerry's still questioning HBK's injury status and what we've been alluding to this entire episode. JR just goes off on King saying, <laughs> Thank you, King, he's injured. Can you ever think about anything other than puppies and panties and schoolgirls? <laughs> I lost it, man. It was so freaking funny. And that he wasn't was... even talking about puppies and panties and schoolgirls. Staying right back in that corner, almost in a in a guard position, trying to stay protected. Always what I'm wondering is why didn't Shawn Michaels go ahead and follow up here? Is he King, but damn it, because he's hurt. Can you think about anything but puppies and paintings and schoolgirls? The damn man is hurt, for God's sakes. Michael's fighting with everything he's got. He's using the ropes to hold himself up. And he didn't even kick Triple H when he had the chance. You know, I wish the hell I had an MRI in my pocket, but I don't. No, those x-rays can be retired. Oh, yeah, for God's sakes. You're pathetic. <laughs> to King's credit. He just, it's like I was, I was just saying, Shawn Michaels doesn't seem injured. God, back off, JR. <laughs> <laughs> he just had enough, man.
Michaels was pleading with referee Mike Kyoto to not ring the bell. Michaels finally get, gets a hold of the bottom rope after to break the hold. After a four count, Triple H lets go with JR screaming at him on commentary. Come on, he's injured. Come on now. Triple H tries to send Michael's leg into the steel ring post, but Michael's counters by pulling his legs back, sending Triple H giant nose first into the ring post. <laughs> back in the ring, kick to the knee by Triple H, and Michael's hits a kick that sends Triple H giant nose first into the top of the ring post. Oh, yeah. Which looked kind of like fake, for lack of a better term. He just like, oh, doop, oh, bonk. All right, I'm going to fall down now. Yeah, that's one thing I'll say. Triple H, sometimes when he takes those, like, turnbuckles to the face, he, he looks like he just kind of comes from, like, the top. Like, he's just, like, wanting to bounce his face off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. You gotta fall into it, Shun. Both guys down in the ring at this point. Michaels hits three atomic drops on his bad knee, followed by a clothesline. And Jerry points out how dumb that is, and I must agree with him, man. It's like, you're hurting yourself in the process. Mm-hmm. Triple H is like, oh, my butthole. But how many times do you get hit in the butthole in a match, you know? Not enough, in my opinion. <laughs> Michaels connects with a few punches, leading to both guys collapsing, leading to a two-count for Michaels. Triple H goes for a pedigree, but the ref is too close. Triple H pushes the referee, and Michaels hits a low blow, unbeknownst to the ref. Michaels nails a DDT. He goes up top slowly and connects with his signature elbow drop. He wants to go for sweet chin music, and here comes Batista to distract. And I just laughed, man. I just laughed at this point because I can't believe we're doing this again. <laughs> More evolution interference. I'm over it, man. I'm over French wrestlers. I'm over evolution. I'm over the reign of terror. I'm over bra and panties. I'm over it all, man. Yeah, for real, right? Yeah, oh, man. And the thing is, Batista came out for no reason because he immediately gets uh, glommed by Shawn Michaels and just is out. <laughs> I know. They're lucky Edge, who appears out of nowhere to nail a spear on Shawn Michaels, came when he should. Mm-hmm. Or when he did. When he should. <laughs> <laughs> so he runs away saying, it should have been me, in classic Dolph Ziggler fashion. So Triple H with a slow crawl cover. It's enough for a pinfall victory. Triple H retains the championship in 14 minutes and 5 seconds. Good gosh. Shave time off this match. Shave time off mm -hmm. the Law Resistance match. Give more time to the main event. Thumbs down, dude. Everyone mm -hmm. talks about SummerSlam 2002. Nobody talks about Summer or uh, Taboo Tuesday 2004. Nope. It's like, we all love that classic coming out of retirement Shawn Michaels match, but this is jank. I know, man. It's like Shawn Michaels and Triple H, like, diminishing returns. Oh, my gosh, dude. This was so boring. To top it mm -hmm. off, another screwy finish. Like, out of the eight main event matches Triple H has had on pay-per-view this year, season three, only mm -hmm. two of them didn't feature a screwy finish, if memory serves me correctly. I'm so I over this know. iteration. It's it, This reign is truly... Terrorizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I give it a thumbs down, too. Um, like, the only reason I don't give it, like, a mega thumbs down or anything like that is because, like, I, I did like Edge coming in for the spear. Like, I like that's like, oh, heel Edge, cool. But other than that, like, yeah, like, these Triple H matches lately, it's just the same crap. It's like, he's working a body part too much. 
puts in a hold for too long. It's like, dude, you're you're not. <laughs> this isn't like 1970 something. You're not Harley Race. You're not Ric Flair. You're Triple H. Now start entertaining <laughs> like it. And it's just, it's just, ugh, like. You're the game. Yeah. You're cool. Exactly. Like I am just ready to move on from this. Like so ready to move on. I'm so over Triple H. Like you can be you so well. You cannot be Ric Flair well. You cannot be Harley Race. Yes. Well. You yes. are Triple H. You're so cool. What are you doing? Like you're, you're you know you're shredded to the max. You have Motorhead. You got a hot wife. Like you got it all, dude. And you want to be something else? Mm-hmm. For what? I know. Like, tri- like, like comparing this Triple H with like 1999, 2000 Triple H, it's like night and day. <laughs> oh my god! Like he's a complete, he's a complete, just piece of crap now. He sucks. I'm over it. And we have what a year and a half left of this before you know Vince McMahon goes after him, and we finally get DX reuniting. Mm-hmm. Which I'm, <sighs> I'm scared. I'm so scared to get to the DX reunion. Because, like, I've heard so many people say it sucks, but, you know, <laughs> that's what I was watching oh, it. And no. I remember I loved it. I, I loved it too. at the time. I did, too. I'm so scared it's going to be sucky. Oh, no. You raise a very good point. Oh, God. So now, like, I imagine everyone... Does it turn every, out that everyone... we just hate wrestling? Is, is this the I think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I, I just feel bad. Like, if there's any listener who has been following us since the beginning, it's like, it's just slowly us just kind of just withering and becoming defeated. (laughs) Maybe it's just the year. Like I've had several fans, uh, listeners rather reach out and say, Hey man, just hang on to 2005, 2005. It gets so much better. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cena emerges, Batista emerges, you know, these rings in. That's what I'm, that's what I'm holding out for. Guys, I'm trying. I I know. I'm trying, man, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. Like when it, like honestly, sit, sit and think about it. When is the last time on this podcast we have outright reviewed a good pay per view? That's a great question, man. And I, I I'm know. Hard for us to think of it. We keep having like at the end of the show, it always be like, "Hey, Jake, recap. What's that coming up next for us?" And it's like that could be good, and it never is. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're, we're losing hope, but we're hanging on. So do do send your encouraging tweets at Ruthless Pod. Let us uh, keep us keep us in there, man. Let me just throw that out there. But we still got one more. Let's let's go ahead and review it. I hope it's good. It's time for the main event of the evening. Yeah. Randy Orton, until you beat the Nate Survive, you'll never be a legend killer. Ric Flair, you tell all these people that I'm full of it for calling myself the legend killer? Well, I think you're full of it for coming out here every Monday and telling the whole world that Triple H is the best wrestler in the world today. I know it's not true. I'm pretty sure all these people know it's not true. And Ric Flair, I know deep down inside your heart, you know it's not true either. Which is why it's so tragic to see what you've become. This generation is going to remember Ric Flair for kissing Triple H's ass. Rick, you ready, man? Rick, did you hear me? I asked you if you were ready. I hear you. But I don't answer the Triple H. 
I don't answer to you. And I'll be out there tonight when I'm ready. Randy Orton must defeat Batista in this no disqualification match for Orton to be one of the contenders to face Triple H for the world title king at Taboo Tuesday. Here comes the champ. And the game is now the Taboo Tuesday pressure. It's legal. This is legal. And here comes Rip Flair. was announced at Taboo Tuesday, I've had mixed emotions. I feel pity for the man. I, I'm saddened. I don't want to face the Ric Flair that took a backseat ride with Evolution. I want to face the Nature Boy. Did I hear you say you feel sorry for me? Orton, I am the man. I invented man you've established that you are great but a legend killer you're not rick flair you put me in this position you named me the legend killer and after tuesday you will respect me taboo tuesday don't worry about the shell of a man showing up worry about the man walking that aisle can look and I want to take everything that you want away from you. You will respect me. still dealing with evolution ruining his life they batter and beat him down but he's giving it back to them he even jumps out of a cake to sneak attack them during triple h's championship celebration the night after unforgiven during a match with batista uh, where if orton lost he'd be eliminated from being a choice for the world title at taboo tuesday flair interferes costing orton the match slash title opportunity with the title out of Orton's grasp, he sets his sights on Ric Flair, where the fans will choose the match type. In a promo on Raw, Flair comes out and gives Orton his props. 
He calls him great, but he takes issue with Orton calling himself the legend killer. He runs down every legend Orton has killed, Shawn Michaels, Harley Race, Mick Foley. <laughs> I think he kind of loses track, but he even mentions some that Orton has never interacted with, such as mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart. Yeah, like what? <laughs> <laughs> and being the hill that he is, he questioned every one of those guys' legendary status. Flair claims until Orton beats him, he'll never be a legend killer. Orton expresses how he used to look up to Rick, but he's become a glorified cheerleader. A lapdog, if you will. Orton is chasing greatness to be defined as a legend killer, whereas Ric Flair questions him and will defeat him to cement his legendary status. What do you make of this build? I, I, I quite like it. It seems like the only redeemable thing we got going on here. Yeah, I know. That's something I was really surprised with Go uh, watching the recap package thing. I was like, A, this recap's good, and B... This is actually a fairly solid feud. It had me, you know, actually, surprise, surprise, looking forward to what I was going to be watching. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in the build-up to this, Ric Flair, he, he brags about kissing many women, dot, 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 on the <laughs> lips. And I thought that was hilarious. It's like, <laughs> you didn't need to add that, like, to it. It makes you sound like you're lying. <laughs> yeah, I kiss women on the lips. Ooh, you're cool. I just thought that was funny. It's uh, like, yeah, I have sex with my penis. What about it? <laughs> One thing I do want to note here, because it's mentioned throughout this match, is Randy Orton's appearance on Jimmy Kimmel in the build-up to this. Mm. And let's just say his appearance brings us all back down for this. So I'm going to I'm gonna play this right now so that you hear it. It's, mm-hmm. it's a two-minute clip. Uh, just listen. Now, you got this big pay-per-view, Taboo Tuesday, and who are you fighting on Taboo Tuesday? Well, Ric Flair, actually. Ric Flair, correct me if I'm wrong, is an 85-year-old man. (laughs) Is he not not a very old man? I got to respect Ric. I'm sorry. I believe he's 55. And and the thing is, is he is a legend among legends in our business. He's at least 75. Okay, he's... He's 96. And he was 55 when I was a kid. And you're going to fight? What, are you going to sh** me back? Or what's going to happen? I mean, really. Well, actually, Jim, <laughs> the fans, are, it's kind of an interactive pay-per-view. You know, it's the first time we've ever done this. The fans are going to take part in choosing what kind of match it'll be, whether it's a cage match, a uh, last man standing match, or a false count anywhere. Or a crush an old man's or ribs Or crush an old man. Yeah. Or the, the, maybe the colostomy bag match. Maybe we can fit that in there somehow. So you really, and you're one on one with with Ric Flair, who with really Rick was Flair. old when I was a kid. I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah. And but but professional wrestling is Ric Flair. You know, he is all about what. And you're going to kill him. And I'm going to kill yeah. him. Well, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> this when this uh, this Tuesday, Taboo Tuesday, it's going to be the uh, <laughs> first the taboo. T- yes, because you might as well be fighting Andy Rooney. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> taboo Tuesday. Are you going to beat? Uh, like, are you going to like body slam a baby too? I'm a, I'm a body Sla- I'm going to body slam you if you don't watch don't, it. Please don't. Please don't. I'm no, not old enough. No, it was all... No. <laughs> I'm going to hold her. Don't worry. You can come for me. But you're saying... That, don't worry. We worked this all out on storyboards. There'll be no trouble. You're saying, you're saying that fans will vote 
That's on which correct. senior citizen you will kill? That's correct. That's correct. No, it, it, it is me and Ric Flair and uh -huh. Jimmy. You're killing me, by the way. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Well, you, you know what? I, I wish you the best, and I will be praying for Ric Flair tonight because <laughs> even climbing in the ring could be very dangerous. There he is, Randy Orton, the legend killer. Literally. Jimmy Kimmel just buries Ric Flair, and he does not let up. Nah, man. I watched this, and it's just one after the As you just heard, listeners, because I'm going to insert that. But Randy Orton visibly just, like, shaking is just like, dude, lay off me. <laughs> and uh, I, I felt for him, man. I felt for Rick because, like, you know, Rick has those doubts, man. We've covered that and. Uh, SummerSlam 02, Jericho tapped out to the figure four because he's like, of course I would do that for you. You're Ric Flair. And, you know, his reservations uh, with Undertaker and WrestleMania 18 and, and with Shawn Michaels in 03 and Triple H, it's like they're trying to assure Rick that he's the man, you know, they respect him. And in our wrestling world, we see it as like Ric Flair. He's a legend. He's incredible. An outsider looking in what's this old man doing here? <laughs> you know, it kind of brought yeah. me down to reality. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's good. Yeah, I guess you're right. That is point. I mean, Ric Flair at this time, I mean, yeah, he's in his fifties. I mean, he's 55. Hell, yeah. 55 at this point. Like, I don't know. I think my parents are older than Ric Flair was now. And, you know, at the time. And, uh, <laughs> I think even then I saw Ric Flair and I was like, man, this old man, <laughs> Like, he gets no, body slammed. Yeah. It looks like his skin just, like, melts onto the mat, you know? It didn't really make sense to me when I was a kid, like, how Ric Flair could mix it up. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, of course, when you look at the whole body of wrestling, it's like, oh, yeah, Ric Flair is a legend, no doubt. But not just Ric Flair, but, like, Hulk Hogan, too. I'm like, yeah, Hulk Hogan's an old man. Like, how how is this making sense? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Man, that, that Jimmy Kimmel appearance, I don't think did anybody any favors. No. It made Orton look like a moron for fighting an old man and, and getting rattled by, you know, Jimmy Kimmel poking fun at him and the audience just, like, <laughs> agreeing with him. Uh, and obviously, like, you know, WWE took it to heart, too, because Jerry Lawler is obviously the mouthpiece for this, right? So I think mm -hmm. Jerry took it to heart himself. But, like, Jerry throughout this match is like, oh, take that, Jimmy Kimmel. How would you feel about that, Jimmy Kimmel? And uh, it's it's a very interesting piece of wrestling history there. So um, I, had, I had to just gauge what you thought about it. That's, yeah, it's like, yeah, like you, like you said, like coming from a wrestling fan standpoint, it's like, oh, yeah, Ric Flair, he's a legend, of course. You know, especially at this time, you know, I could say, you know, the dude could still get to go. I was, I'm entertained by Ric Flair. But yeah, outsiders look at it and they just see just this 20-something-year-old guy beating up an old man. Yeah, I don't know, man. Ugh. <laughs> I wonder if Jimmy Kimmel spoke about Ric Flair's last match. Because if he says that oh. about his match at Taboo Tuesday. I could only imagine. <laughs> like if they if they went on Jimmy Kimmel to promote Ric Flair's last match. <laughs> oh my word. Oh man. That shouldn't <laughs> that, have happened. Yeah, Ric Flair's last match is basically what Jimmy Kimmel it would was joking would happen at Taboo <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so that being said, let's get underway. We begin with Flair unloading with chops, Orton hits him with punches, and Orton hits an annihilating spooking go. 
See, Ric Flair still had some in the tank. Otherwise, he would have just died then and there. If he got a Spagingo in his last match, like, he would have just shattered in the mat. I know, man. So many blood vessels just broke right then and there. It looked like he was about to explode. <laughs> Flair hits a huge low blow early, and, you know, he's the dirtiest player in the game, so I like that tactic. Yeah, I mean, guy's younger, guy's stronger. You got to take him down any way you can. Ric Flair hammer throw Irish whip to Orton into the steel cage, leading to Orton getting busted open. Flair tosses Orton into the steel cage again. Flair continues the attack with punches, chops, and grinding Orton's face against the cage like coleslaw. No! Oh. <laughs> Had me laughing how they were describing it as coleslaw on commentary. Mm-hmm. Running knee drop to the face by Flair. More chops from Flair. Orton fires back with punches. Orton whips Flair into the cage, and Flair emerges bleeding. When Flair tries to climb out over the top, Orton pulls on the tights to show some nature boy butt cheeks. (laughs) They go back and forth, Orton ramming Flair's face into the cage while they're on the top rope. Flair crotches himself on the top rope, and as he (laughs) falls to the mat, Earl Hebner pulls his tights up. (laughs) Just, just flips, uh, you know, gets crotched, then flips over the rope, just ass out. Like, I, I laughed. That was that was funny. Orton works over Flair in the corner again, so Flair punches Orton in the berries. Ooh. Orton takes a turn to grind Flair's face into the cage. Orton hits a drop kick that sends Flair's back into the cage. And as I alluded to before the match, you can tell at this point how perturbed Lawler was with Camel as he keeps throwing shade at him. I don't know. I, I, I didn't even notice it. He brought it up like three times on commentary. I don't know. I think I think commentary, like, you know, we're saying this is kind of like a big, big nothing show. Like, I even got that vibe from commentary. Like, they didn't have, like, their whole heart into it. Huh, so at some I got to work on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, honestly, at some point, I, I kind of just checked out from commentary. I'll admit that. <laughs> I want to go down to Risky's Barbecue in Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> Eat some brisket bites. Mmm. Mm, I want to go down to Hattie Beef Chicken in Nashville. Give me some hot chicken, folks. Just thinking of every place in the country he would rather be eating mm. barbecue or chicken. The thing is, it's like we, we joke, but he does. he's done this crap on the air while watching Dynamite. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll be in uh, uh, Georgia next week. I'll be hitting up a Stanky's Barbecue, getting me some nice sauce down there. It's like, shut up, Jim. <laughs> Hey, I'm going down to Arlington, Texas, eat a babe's chicken. Mm. I'm going to go to the McDonald's in <laughs> Fort Worth since we heard it's good. They serve it family style. Makes me feel like I'm at home. My, my wife, Jen, right next to me, you know. Oh, Jim, that's sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, way to go there, Levi. <laughs> so, back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Just kidding. Um, the ref uh, pulls Orton back off a of flare. As Flair tries to make the slow crawl to the door, but Flair pulls out the brass nooks. Shut up, B. And he decks Orton with a punch. And I thought it was it there, man. I know it couldn't have been, but I'm like, oh my gosh, how's he going to kick out of that? Mm-hmm. But he does. Orton somehow kicks out. And what a way to put over Orton with kicking out of that. Like multiple mm-hmm. low blows and brass nooks. Yeah, making Orton look good in this match, I'll say that. Flair tries to climb out of the cage again, and there was a chair that just so happened to be there. Yeah, I, th- I noticed it before, and I was like, 
why is that chair there? That's a little weird. And then when Ric Flair grabbed it, I'm like, oh, okay. It was there for Rick. <laughs> like, who was sitting in that chair? I don't know. I guess the ref. He's like, if I'm not opening a door, I'm going to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> so Flair brings the chair in, and he's just dripping blood all over the chair. Mm-hmm. Flair goes for a chair shot to the head, but Orton calculated it with an RKO for the win in 10 minutes and 35 seconds. Uh, I'm going to go first here. I'm going to say thumbs up, and I thought it was a great match. Despite the fact Flair used brass knucks and low blows, Orton overcame it and vanquished the Nature Boy. No matter what Flair dished out to Orton, Orton withstood it. And to the wrestling fan, this is a great match blending a titan of the past with an up-and-coming legend of today. However, to the outsider, I could totally see how this looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But hey, I'm a wrestling fan. This ruled. The only thing missing was more fans and more time. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, too. It was very nice. Like, after all the crap we put up with, they at the very least gave us a main event that was like, oh, that was actually good. Ah. Oh. <laughs> I, um, you know, for a cage match, I thought they, you know, they utilized the cage well, which I always like to see, you know, the, the coleslaw of the faces and stuff and bashing into it. Um, I didn't even mind, like, usually I, I hate the door in, uh, in cage matches in WWE, but I feel like Rick actually used it really well. Um, you know, trying to be all sneaky and slimy and, you know, getting his leg worked over to get in the chair. And uh, definitely that ending with the RKO, I, I was I was surprised. And whenever Randy got it, I was like, wow, this just makes Randy look like a million bucks. Uh, Rick looks like a, a solid journeyman. They shake hands in the end. It's a good time. So, yeah, I, I got to give it a, a good th- little thumbs up, a fun little brawl. And yeah, it just makes me feel nice after eating a big mouthful of crap. <laughs> So there you have it. We finally had something good. Yeah. <laughs> it only took uh, two brother sucks to get there, but, you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah, so that that was Taboo Tuesday 2004. This show stinks. Oh, yeah. But it has an all-timer match with Flair and Orton. Mm-hmm. So I got to give it that. What do you think about the show overall? Oh, overall, the show was awful. It's stinky. Like, it is an awful <laughs> show sandwiched by two good matches. But if I'm being honest, like, they're both entertaining, but I'm not sure if they're necessarily, like, go out of your way to watch it good. But, I mean, if, I mean they're, they're there. And I can't complain because I have to watch it. But, like, the bad just so outweighs the good. Like, this is some of the absolute worst we have seen on multiple level levels, whether it's the diva stuff or just the boring cane, it's just uh, a lot of resistance. Like it just, it just swirls itself together into a big pot of just disgusting, funky, nasty, terrible 2004. Just concentrate. And I hated it. This is probably one of the, the my least favorite shows we've done. If not the, the least favorite we have done. Yeah, this is this one was hard, but hey, we made it through. We did. And we think, we managed, and for you, for you, listener, because we care. And Jake, you're welcome. I feel like I spared you. <laughs> that's that's what I was thinking. As soon as I was over with the with the 
soon as I was done with the pay-per-view, I was immediately just like, man, Jake lucked out. Yes, he <laughs> He did. dodged a bullet. Yes, he did. But we did miss you. We did miss you, buddy. Yeah. So, yeah, that was Taboo Tuesday. Please join us next time as we'll be reviewing Survivor Series 2004. Ooh. And Kyle, can you take Jake's place and tell us what we can expect from Survivor Series 2004? We got a cruiserweight championship fatal four-way match between Spike Dudley, Rey Mysterio, Chavo Guerrero, and Billy Kidman. Uh, we have a WWE Intercontinental Championship match between Shelton Benjamin and Christian. Hmm? We have a SmackDown Survivor Series elimination match as Team Guerrero, consisting of Eddie Guerrero, John Cena, Big Show, and Rob Van Dam, takes on Team Angle, a team of Kurt Angle, Carlito, Mark Jindrak, and Luther Reigns. Undertaker takes on Heidenreich. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, WWE... <laughs> I hope it's wrong, too. <laughs> WWE Women's Championship match as Trish Stratus takes on Lita. A WWE Championship match as JBL takes on Booker T. And the oh. Raw Survivor Series elimination match where Team Orton, consisting of Randy Orton, Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, and Maven, take on Team Triple H, consisting of Triple H, Batista, Edge, and Gene Snitsky. Oh, my God. So, like, as a thing on paper, this could be good. But I don't trust 2004, so it's probably going to be terrible. <laughs> Realistically, this is boom or bust. <laughs> For real. But please do join us next time, and, you know, hopefully our pain is your pleasure. You freaking masochist. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> why, do you, why do you make us go through with this? You just, you're like, oh, I find you entertaining. Please keep you. Whatever, man. This hurts. I know. This, this, every time we do this, it takes five years off our lives. Did you know that? Yeah, you, I, I, I'm gonna die right now. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, we do thank you for uh, joining on the ride. And if you can't get enough of that ruthless goodness, you can follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at RuthlessPod, TikTok at RuthlessPod, Facebook and YouTube, both the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. Kyle, where can they follow you in the meantime? Hey, you can hit me up on Twitter at RuthlessPodKyle, where I'm just, you know, shooting the breeze, talking stuff, maybe, you know, wrestling and whatnot. Just hit me up. And he's not here with us today, but do support Jake in his endeavors. As mm. he's been released, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, go check out my show with Alex and Jake on all podcasting platforms. Uh, follow him at Crash Landis. That's like C-R-A-S-H, Crash Landis, L-I-L-A-N-D-I-S. Uh, that's kind of his alter ego where he smokes pot. So it's not really much of an alter ego. <laughs> Man, you're just, you're just, just grilling Jake. <laughs> grilling Jake R. Um, mm-hmm. Nah, but do go check it out. And, um, of course, if you want extra content, you can subscribe to us on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash R-A-Pod. And donating as little as a dollar gets you a shout-out at the end of every episode. We want to thank our donors to the show, Nate the Effing Great, Mr. Fretz, Bipolar Llama, Johnny316, ADTR210, and Stephanie Larkins. We thank you all for your generous donations. And if you want to be like them, get some extra content. Remember, as little as a dollar supports the show, helps the next episodes get out a little faster. 
and gets you a shout out at the end of each episode. And at, for $5, you get bonus content, such as bonus episodes that you can't find anywhere else, including our review of WrestleMania 38 from this year. And that was a crazy time. We actually attended in person and saw the return of Cody Rhodes. So if you want to hear what we have to say about things like that, join the Spagingo Squad for 5 bucks. And uh, we have other tiers, such as the Pepsi Blue Lounge, which gets you a t-shirt and some other merch. So yeah, join us at uh, patreon.com forward slash RAPod. What would you say about that, Kyle? I'd say it's uh, really cool. Yeah, I can't think. Of, <laughs> I can't think of anything clever. I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry, folks. That's what Taboo Tuesday 2004 does to a man. I know. Like my brain is just fried after watching it and reviewing it. I just want to wash my hands of it. <laughs> but in the meantime, this has been the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. I'm Levi. I am Kyle. Reminding you too. Stay ruthless.